Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. What's happening, weirdos? An amazing uh, return of old foot juice himself, Shane Moss. Uh, I was—I'm just so blown away. This is this is one of my favorites uh, of all time. Maybe I, I just love talking to Shane. He's got so much good science to drop, uh, and also amazing psychedelic stories and just great. He's amazing. I mean, why am I even talking about it? You're 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 about to listen to it. So let's get to it. There's nothing to plug. There's nothing to plug except plug itself. October 5th, I'll be at Largo. I guess that's something I could plug. Largo and Friends, I'm pretty sure, 99% sure, Judd Apatow will be on that show. And it's going to be a very fun one, Largo-LA.com for tickets. You can also go to PeteHolmes.com for all the t-shirts that have ever come from uh, this podcast. Uh, I'm realizing we came up with one on this episode that we uh, we didn't make. But it doesn't matter. They don't all get made. But the ones that did get made are on PeteHolmes.com. And I hope to see you October 5th in, uh, at Largo here in Los Angeles. In the meantime, thanks as always. And enjoy Shane Moss, number three, Foot Juice. Get into it. Sorry. Have a hug. Oh, good to see you. Good to see you. I'm so sorry. No worries. Please. Yeah, We've had a really good late streak. I, like a lot sorry. of people have been late. So oh, it sounds oh, like I'm being great. like, so it just keeps pouring. So, oh, I was going to so buy one of these. I, I saw you like it on Facebook. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant by that Thanks. like. I was like, this looks like something I would like. You can pick a keychain. Woo! <laughs> Nobody brings gifts. Uh, <laughs> tell me about these keychains. Well, um, first of all, because they can't see, tell them what the book is. Uh, that's uh, so. I Who's have... this Ramin Nazar guy? <laughs> Ramin Nazar is a fantastic Nazar. comedian who also does. Um, oh, awesome I see. Art. Another guest and, trying to and, push and, Ramin uh, Nazar yeah, and his agenda. We'll sneak him in, and uh, and. <laughs> So I have a I have a show I've been doing for a year called A Good so this, Trip. This one would freak me out. Yeah, that Santa uh, Claus one. Uh, it's all about psychedelics. My show, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm doing a 65 city tour with it. And Ramin <laughs> made a adult coloring book based on my act, and it's slash uh, trip journal slash why don't we coloring do book. You know what I mean? Why you ever get that feeling like <laughs> why don't we do? No, <laughs> yeah, that's my question to you. My. <laughs> Because yeah. you're doing a thing. Yeah. Sometimes when we're at our best, right, we just feel like so limitless, kind of like free to move and anywhere you want to go and all the different things we could do. And we always just fucking watch TV. <laughs> we always just watch Fuck, TV. We always TV. just fucking watch TV. I mean, TV is incredible. TV right? is it's, incredible. It's part of the problem. But have you ever watched TV on mushrooms? You go, If you're me, you go, this isn't real. Yeah. And then you go fuck someone in a field. <laughs> <laughs> Consensually, they're on it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have like wonderful right. nightgown sex. Yeah, yeah. But like that's one of the big struggles of life. And here what I'm saying is you've done something. You did something. Yeah. And we all kind of do the same things and this is something new. I'm trying to mix it up. I um What's this? DMT? 
Yeah, that's DMT molecule, which can, is also on these keychains. I can recognize uh, her uh, by the molecule. <laughs> uh, go on. Um, and yeah, I I uh, I like watching like a Planet Earth or something. If you watch nature on, on TV, smoke. it's okay. Yeah, uh, while, while tripping. But I I one time oh, was that true? I knew that was like when you're when you're high on marijuana. Um, boy, nature documentaries are just the best. They're pretty good while tripping as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, really good. Because it, <laughs> it, it brings up like a lot of like interesting big ideas about how life works in the way that your brain interprets it. It's so I? interesting. Yes. yes, you can. I'm going to throw this your way. I've been tripping out on just like the, the universe is creation. I know that's such an like, obvious thing, but it's just like... Things multiplying and spreading. Like, so on a cellular level, like I was thinking about babies being born, like you have the single cell and it goes into two. Yeah. The fuck is going on? Like, we should only be talking about that. Like, when you cut your hand and it heals, like it scabs, we're so bored with it. I think about this. Sorry, I'm so excited to no. see you, so I'm a little jacked up. <laughs> but I think about something you said on one of your other visits here. Yeah. Is that like you could see how this is a trip? Like you could see how someone took a psychedelic and came here. Uh, this is the trip. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And that we're like soaked in this message. And yeah. one of the most simple messages that I received recently was look, it feels so good for us to create arguably the meaning of life. Like we love, even if it's quote unquote bad or not to be critically acclaimed, sitting in your living room and painting feels fucking great. Yeah, It'll yeah. put you in a better mood than any drug or alcohol that I've ever consumed. Yeah. And I think it's because you are accepting the invitation to the dance, right? Uh, yeah. Per- <laughs> I like that. I'm like, I'm, I'm still debating whether I agree with ah, you or nope, not. It's nope. too late. We're too high-fiving late. anyway. Well, you can at least see what I'm saying. No, I do. I mean, evolution certainly seems to have this direction of just like creating diversity like crazy. I yeah. mean, the first billion years where were just these simple there was just cloning and then after that everything started like you mean single cell organisms yeah, started yeah, just cloning multi uh, multicellular organ uh, cloning's the best way to pass on genes theoretically because you're getting a hundred percent of your genes into the next thing that's wow. great it's stupid to just split up your genes if you're trying to pass your genes on <laughs> why would you share your genes with this other stranger it's crazy <laughs> And and the and the reason why um, that is so funny. Yeah, why do we stop cloning ourselves? Because um, so so then these smaller organisms um, became like diseases and parasites, and they and because they, they were that? smaller because they're assholes, and evolution can be a dick. And anytime there's an opportunity to take advantage, it's like when you make a garden and next it. and you suddenly get why pesticides exist. Yeah, yeah. You're like shit. They ate. All the goddamn yeah, tomatoes. Yeah, they will do that. And Nature isn't just a good trip. There's all this bad trip oh, stuff. Oh, there's a lot, a lot of bad stuff Like, as just well. you alone in the woods isn't, like, just, like, a beautiful utopia. There's, like, a fucking bear runs by. He doesn't even give you the courtesy of stopping and killing you. He swipes you on his way to another thing. Yeah, I mean, and it's all in how you look at it, like... AIDS spreading in the body is like great from AIDS point of view. I think about you know? I think about things like that all the time. In fact, 
I don't know if it was our episode, but I talk about every day as Ant 9 <laughs> 11. Yeah. I think about this. I know that I don't mean any disrespect to 9 11, obviously. I'm just right. saying, like, we see thousands of them die, and it doesn't mean anything oh, from yeah. my perspective. Oh, I've committed mass genocide. Huge but, genocide. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, like, I get mad at my roommates if they aren't committing genocide, like, helping me. Help me <laughs> with my initiative. It's like I am legend. You realize you're the villain to these people. Yeah. That was, I think that was the original end of the movie and the comic book I Am Legend is he's like oh my god I'm the villain to these people I'm kidnapping zombies for experiments <laughs> yeah. I'm the weird one yeah. and to the ants I think about ants quality of life and what we value as life all of the time because mm. life lives on death even as uh, you know I don't eat right. meat but I kill things fucking constantly and plants would prefer to live just like a pig yeah. I, I like that they don't scream or cry but they also are going like hey man like something I was high recently and I was looking at a banana, okay? Yeah. Just get high and look at a fucking banana. <laughs> and I was like, this banana was just doing its thing. It wasn't like, I shall be food. <laughs> I shall be food. It was enjoying soaking up sunlight and its expression was elongating and ripening and yellowing and all the good things. And then we just go, this is for us. And we eat it. And it's like, hey. Well, that's part of like why it evolved to do that was so that we would eat it and and spread the seed and what that's like kind See, of. See, this how... is why I need to talk to you more because I I'm freaking out with a banana. You're saying this is exactly the point of, of, of so a berry would probably be a better example. So you have you have this tree that it can just drop its seed just right below it and that and that's that's how, hopefully it'll roll roll down the hill or something. Otherwise, you're right. kind of blocking the light of your children and so. <laughs> Oh, of, of you. So you want to get it further away. You cockblock your so, kids. So if you can, if you can get this um, delivery method, if you can, uh, so so you. You, yep. you can entice something like a bird to, or a lemur to eat, to eat you and get pollen <laughs> all over it. Let's not forget about don't lemurs. forget lemurs because I was watching while yeah. high uh, Planet Earth. And, 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 you know, it's funny. The last episode we were talking about how weed isn't great. And I've actually, since Bo was on, didn't smoke any weed. Mm -hmm. so, but in defensive weed, it will, it can help you be fascinated in things you ought to be fascinated yeah. in. Yeah. That's why nature documentaries are so fucking boring. Outer space can be so boring. You get a little high and you're like, mm, yeah, yeah, let the sunshine. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching Planet Earth. There's a plant that looks like a vagina in Miami. Yeah. You know, like a Miami vagina? Yeah. Like a, it just about looks like a regular old Miami vagina. <laughs> neon greens and blues, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, Miami, yeah. You know, like a Ninja Turtles, like a later Ninja Turtle action figure. Right. With like one pirate's leg and one regular. Anyway, so like those, <laughs> that color palette vagina. And then the lemur comes and eats it and you're watching it. And if you're high... You're always like, oh, no, man, that plant, man, that plant just wants to be a plant, man. And then the narrator's like, behold, <laughs> the pollen from the, from the plant got on the lemur, who then runs away yeah. and plants more fields of the goddamn plant. Plant Jesus. Yeah. Plant Jesus. Plant Jesus. Plant Plant Jesus. Jesus. It died that others might live. Plant Jesus. Yeah. The, well, plants are the kind of their own Jesus in a way, maybe. That's what but I'm it, saying. They, they're, they're, they're Jesus for themselves. I'm they, not saying it's a other thing. Um, maybe the lemur is the plant Jesus. Um, or he's I, plant Satan, but then like if you zoom out and you're a human, you're like, don't 
don't you see how evil keeps the whole thing spinning? Yeah. Life trip. So you, so you can understand why biology is so complicated. There's a lot of Jesus and devil talk in there. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go to like a Harvard biology lecture and ruin it. Plant Jesus! Yeah. That's like the Holy Ghost! Stop it! This is a place of learning! But I keep making it religious. Well, um, they think that's why that's why berries are red because because red is the opposite on the color scale as red or as green. So it creates contrast. So mm. the eye detects it, and and then and then once a mammal starts, it, it starts wants to be, to like, be seen. Yeah, so it wants to be seen. That's the whole point. Fuck and, your face. And so then, so then mammals then evolve this. Well, if you if you pick up on these red things, you'll know that's where the good stuff is. That's where the sugar is, and um, because the plants tricked you into spreading their seed, and and then um, if, if you if you then you ha- you have this natural inclination for for red, and things keep on evolving, it might eventually become why we're attracted to uh, things like red lips and um, and flush cheeks, uh, flush cheeks, and and that sort of thing. But that's also what, when you're ovulating, a woman will be flush. Yeah. And and that's a signal going all the way back to the raspberry, potentially. Yeah, potentially. And then McDonald's abuses this, yeah. red and yellow, being the colors that make us... It's just a fucking hack. Like oh, it's yeah, hacking a- into our brain going, you like red? I'm loving it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, it's. I mean, it's like sugar, it's why obesity is a problem, because there was never a time in our evolutionary history where, where we, we had, had enough. We didn't have refrigerators and all of that kind of stuff. So if you came across all this sugar, it's like, oh, just pack as yes. much of the... You, you hardly ever came across I this I feel stuff. this all the time. I feel like a real, I don't even want it, but finish the dessert sort of feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's here, you fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I go home and I open the fridge and there's all these other desserts. I'm yeah. not a big dessert person, but it makes the story make sense. Well, and then also if you if you are an obese person and you're trying to lose weight, as as you're losing weight as as your um as your fat is burning, there's hormones being released that, that say, are telling your brain, We're starving right now. We're yeah. losing all of our stored yeah, yeah, energy. Yeah. You need to eat what's going on out there. Find that's, some food quick. That's why there's there's this diet. I don't endorse it. I don't have any success with it. I don't know. I just know about it. Please don't. I'm just saying to the listeners, <laughs> yeah. please don't think this is like Oprah's pick. I don't have a pick. I just know about a diet. I believe it's called the Lazarus Method because it seemed very interesting to me yeah. where he had a cat and it was very fat and they started feeding it less, but it wouldn't lose any weight. No matter what it would do, the cat was fat. And then one day, the neighbor dog chased the cat and bit its leg. And then it got, this is his theory, the cat got through its cat brain, weird that cats have brains, got through its cat's brain. It's weird that, it's weird weird, that, it can, weird that cats have brains. Yeah, it's weird, it's weird that weird they can they understand. Didn't. I know, that's true. Get <laughs> it. But it's weird that they're like understanding something. Yeah, and yeah. a cat goes, got it. It's yeah. such a weird thing. It goes, being thin means fast, and fast means the dog can't get me. Like that, the cat loses weight. Same diet. Something right. happened in its brain that went uh, thin is safe. And that's why this diet, and again, I haven't read the book. I know a little bit about it, is all about trying to reprogram your subconscious through meditation 
it would be stupid to not use hypnosis to get it into your brain that thin is safe right. and thin is good or whatever whatever it is because you're trying to counteract these hormones. That's just interesting. No, that makes a lot of sense. And certainly stuff like that is absolutely possible. And one day we will get down to the bottom of the nitty gritty because Cause we're in the new part of it, right? It, this is yeah, new stuff. And, and it's like the, all the diet fads. I, w- I was looking up just out of curiosity. I looked up how much Americans spend on like diet fads that don't work and then um, – and and then I looked up some other numbers on what we could do with that money. And for for the amount of money that Americans alone spend on diet fads, we could, according to the UN, um, feed every starving person on Earth. For just what this like is what I'm talking. This mi- middle-aged women are spending on like their weird milkshakes see, or that's whatever. That's something you would figure out. Yeah. On a trip. And yeah, go, yeah. Ah! oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The irony of the universe. Yeah. Literally, I, I believe that is ironic. People are throwing around. I, I think that's ironic. It's sure. bad. It's like, it's, uh, it might not be ironic. It's mischievous. It's, it's, it's strange. It has a sense of humor. It's dark. It's gross. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like single celled organisms looking to their left and seeing a virus. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like this joke we're playing on ourselves. Why is that happening? Yeah. Why can't we snap out of it? Stop watching TV. Stop just putting out albums and put out a comic. Uh, sorry, not a comic book. Coloring uh, book. Uh, adult coloring book slash trip journal. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you think I, adult is going to be boobies uh, and stuff? Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I. Yeah. And and the reason. So the reason going back to why reproduction um, evolved because it doesn't make sense to split up your genes is is because oh i have something that's really gonna fuck with you um i love it I, say what you said again because i was thinking about coloring books i have uh <laughs> so so the reason why uh reproduction evolved it was wangers so, and and wee wees and vajays um just just splitting just having like a male and female originally it was just like one cell was a hair larger yeah and that would be the female and then these smaller cells would have like strengthened numbers but they'd be very small and it would need this larger cell to house it oh. and that, that was the origin like of sperm and of, egg yeah sperm and egg get and, the fuck out of my face yeah and so and the reason why that became successful was because all of these smaller parasites had much shorter lifespans so their so their generations passed by really quickly and when generations pass by really quickly there that leads to more errors from this cloning and that's how evolution takes off so so these larger things have these kind of immune systems you're xeroxing the xerox too many times and it starts to look fucking weird so you're like we gotta fuck something quick yeah and and so these bacteria or whatever it might be would be would be evolving so much faster that so these immune systems and these larger organisms would have uh, were, were kind of like a lock and key system, and so the bacteria was kind of picking the locks through these series of mistakes. And so what reproduction does is it swaps out that immune system. Um, so you're you're completely swapping it out then for the good and so, one. And so then the bacteria and all of that doesn't can't keep up with it. That's why that's why most plagues and stuff only last like a generation. Like AIDS isn't nearly as bad as it used to be, and that's not just because we've made medical advances. It's because we're we're swapping our genes. We're we're staying ahead of a lot of this bacteria and and uh, and viruses and diseases. And that's why we fuck. 
so we get less diseases and so they don't kill us all off because otherwise these bacteria would catch on and they'd wipe us all out like uh, like if we just the kind irish of... pro- potato famine that's what happened they weren't they didn't have any diversity in their potatoes because there was this one potato that was just oh so delicious we need this specific one and so rather than like most places would have all these different kinds of potatoes grown in different environments they're like nope we're sticking with our favorite potato, the McDonald's potato or whatever yeah, it was, sure. and then a disease caught on and wiped them all out. Wiped out all those potatoes. Yeah, because they weren't letting them Because there was no diversity. Right. So I have to imagine the modern farm accounts for a need for diversity. Right. Really? Uh, yeah, well, that's otherwise lots and lots of See, pesticides. that shit is a am- Yes. Speaking yeah. of the McDonald's potato, I don't know if you know that after they pesticide those potatoes, they have to leave them in a, in a, what are the, a silo yeah. for something like a month. Before a human can go and get them. And I, I bet they give them a rinse, too. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I love when things like ancient things, genes, cells, all this stuff, has some sort of manifestation in modern life. Like, so, here's modern farming going, we need diversity. It almost sounds like exactly. a, a lie. We need diversity. Otherwise, the weevil will get us. And you're like, okay, pop, pop. But it's science. That's what I'm saying. That's why evolution has this direction for diversity. The more diverse, the more diverse the human race is, the more diverse any species is, any plant life is, the more you're, you're hedging your bets that way and you're staying, you're, you're keeping ahead of then these diseases Then why are people traditionally, it, maybe it's just conditioning, so why do you see so many more same race couples than, than uh, interracial couples? Well, people, people are... Because it seems like... Just like red makes you hungry, a person with a different color skin should be an indication. Your diversity, let's protect ourselves. Just completely selfish, not some sort of like we are the world moment, which it should be as well. Yeah, well, uh, actually, this explains a couple things, which is, one, the reason why we have a lot of, uh, a lot of these, uh, we're terrified of these outgroups is, is that's, that's just very old evolutionary um, a, a different tribe might come and oh, attack you. So any stuff. any kind of indicator that they're different, but from a sexual selection point of view, um, so you have two di- things diversity odds. is encouraged. So that, this is why you'll see a lot of times there's there's people that might have all sorts of bigotries, but then they end up um, being attracted to. I have a question for to, you. Um, different races. Is Romeo and Juliet an allegory for genetic diversity and the need for it? Because uh, it's two yeah, families I mean, warring each other, and it's like, but at the end they're together. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. good. And I wonder. Like if on some sub sub subconscious level, if you have some sort of relationship with your genes, this is real psychedelic stuff. Yeah. If they're communicating to us at all, then stories like that would be pleasant. Well, also we we or if kind we're of just learning. About we them. kind of have these. Uh, we just have these natural inclinations that we've evolved for that we we all kind of. Um, just naturally um, relate to because yeah. because we're we're not really consciously aware of, of of that's what's happening and and that's why there's things like so take so take something like incest um, where where we have this natural aversion to incest but then there's incest laws as well but incest laws are only what about are like, like you no know, uh, incest yeah but you only need it for like cousins really like like no one has a natural inclination to bone their like parents or or siblings or whatever you wouldn't naturally be attracted to them but cousins sometimes you sure. know uh, that's a classic case and so so once once you've done this once you've done this genetic split of of uh 
of of separating this and then you're splitting the genes then after that you can you can start figuring out well i can get a few more of my genes if i have someone that's like slightly close more to uh, close uh, close to me we're so back to if cloning you, if you look at rats um you can put out you can put out like um urine samples which is like rats can smell all these hormones and see what they're attracted to and you can put all of these different gener- uh, these different varying degrees of relatedness so it's like siblings parents uh first cousin second cousin whatever and let the rat smell it and see what they're most attracted to and it's it's uh second um it's second or, or first cousin as close as is, you can get well pick before it's uh, detrimental yeah so so <laughs> you're still mixing up the genes some you're you're still so if you if you're you, keeping it as close to the bone as you can but if you if you were to sleep with your parents or relatives or whatever you you would each of us have enough bad things in our dna that that are just fine that are latent um and unless unless they are unless unless someone also has that recessive trait and the chances of someone having that recessive trait are very low unless they happen to be your sibling or parent or whatever and and so if if you if you're a rat and you're and, and you sleep with your cousin what you're also getting is there's this family kinship where family keeps it stays together a little bit and and so and so now these families aren't fighting as much because yeah. they're somewhat related and you're passing more of your genes on so you there's more. this little happy medium there and so if you look at earlier times in in um in uh religion and and the forming of the first governments what you'd find is that a lot of what a lot of these first kingdoms and stuff like that we're doing are we talking about mormonism we're no i'm I'm not making fun of mormonism no no going back further oh further okay like like kings and queens no offense mormonism of um (laughs) you know a thousand a thousand a.d or whatever okay really bad later than that you you would marry like the prince would be married off to his cousin or something like that and and what you were able to do then was was then y- your your two families were able to pool their resources together and stay genetically together. speaking no, oh, no, no no you mean in the real world actual resources their two kingdoms could come together and these which is the perfect materialization on. of what's happening genetically yeah and and so you also get their chest with some sweaters and and <laughs> but they would also find out that that if you didn't let so if you passed these laws and didn't let other people um, have sex with any of their their family they wouldn't have the opportunity for this family um, uh, uh, um, it it's excludes them it, it, it excludes them they're not able to amass resources because they're always having to find like a complete stranger and then split their dowry or whatever it is with the so so it's, it's all it was actually woo. this kind of not so much a conspiracy because they didn't consciously know that was happening. It was just like this kind of meme that they stumbled upon and worked. And, and so, you mean um, you don't think someone architected it? It just kind of was working. They didn't understand genes and any of this stuff. It just kind of worked for them in their benefit uh, just stumbled across it, and people and stumbled error. across this. Yeah, would would become successful. They were like, have and you noticed our rulers? kingdom is four times as big as it used <laughs> yeah, to be? Yeah, yeah, because they're fucking their cousins. And this is where superstition so, comes from. It's like keep it in the family. Yeah, and you yeah. don't understand. Right. Just like the potato farmer going, we need diversity. Even if he only did understand that on a mythic level, yeah. he's employing something that's that's hidden from him, but still very true. Yeah. Even yeah. though he doesn't understand it. Right. And then, but then cultural norms can set in and. 
still to this day it's like very adverse to talk about like uh you talk about like hillbillies banging their cousins or whatever but you can totally bang your cousin it's fine it's totally like fine that, to do. That's how we stuck the landing on that. That's, that's the whole. That's, in yeah, fact, yeah. not only yeah, is it yeah. good to do, but you're more likely to help each other. You have that uh, family yeah, first yeah. thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And then genetically, yep. there's less, no chance of the bad stuff and lots of well, the good stuff. A little more chance of the bad stuff than a complete stranger. I just but, mean but, than your yeah. parents. Yeah, less yeah, than your yeah, parents yeah, and your yeah. siblings. But no one has a natural inclination to sleep with their parents. Or you, you, you wouldn't need to make a law for that. Well, maybe a couple weirdos. There's always like a, <laughs> there's always like a couple like on on various. I like that we're we're really looking at it just objective science, like very empirical, and then we're like, except a couple fucking weirdos. Yeah, like, I mean, there's a whole spectrum. But we're of, talking about a crossed wire. You know, it, it, if yeah. they want to fuck their parent, yeah, it's yeah. probably a Some, mutation something or something. Happened. Something wrong. Yeah. That's crazy. And you don't you wouldn't need laws for that cuz no See, one this do is it. interesting to me and uh the idea that your brain and your personality and who you are who you think you are is the result at least in part to messages you're getting from like your lineage and your survival you know what i mean yeah. like I, I think i'm so unique and i happen to be this way and i like this stuff but really i'm interpreting ancient <laughs> Uh, signals yeah, from it, genes. It's a mix of the environment as well. Sure. Because, I mean, we, we, we have basically all of the same set of genes. Every human has very close to the exact same set of, uh, set of DNA that is, that is um, uh, spreading out. So, so this DNA that's, that's making a baby, it doesn't know if, if the, the baby is going to be born in the United States or in some hunter-gatherer right. family in the uh-huh. Amazon. And that's another reason. So, so DNA is kind of, kind of um, uh, very open and flexible and, and different parts. Because of- once, ta-da, you're there, it goes like, we're not going to need that make-a-fire shit. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So those cells exactly. die off. Uh, well, certain genes get activated. It's called epi- epigenetics. Um, certain genes get activated and turned off, and then also, also we Wait, have so the, the capacity. The, the to genes learn. go. We don't need the. What is an example of a gene you wouldn't need once you realize you're not living in a hunter gatherer society or something? Um, is that too specific? So of a, question? A, a good a good example would be um, so so there was this like Dutch hunger famine. Um, I guess it was. I think it was um, wor- World War. Uh, two, they cut off uh, the Dutch for like three months or something like that. They cut off all their supplies and they were starving everybody. Yikes! And um, and uh, any any um female that was in like her third trimester during that time and was starving, any of those babies um had had enor- later on had um enormous rates of uh diabetes. Um, later on in life, even if they were just fine afterwards and had an affluent life and everything. And the reason why is because when they were in the fetal environment, they learned kind of through this yep. epigenetics that that there's not much food out there. And so when you get Whatever's out there, going you on have out to be there. as thrifty as possible. You have to pack away as much energy as you can and store as much fat as you possibly can. So that's like this thing that like got switched on. And so then for the, the rest of their lives, they would eat too much and, and eat too much sugar and everything else. And then, and then that, that would uh, lead to, um, to diabetes. And then once you have diabetes, then... then a lot of problems happen. Then, then if you're a female with diabetes and you're pregnant, 
diabetes messes with the amount of food that your diabetes is taking up more food for you than than it should and and giving not not enough to your fetus and that's its own so Dutch then the same thing family. is happening again and so diabetes but not for the reason that i think time. most people probably think most people probably think well the mom had this blue fluid in her called diabetes and the baby was in there i'm just saying how people like me right. probably visualize it so then some you know the baby's in there and then some of the diabetes you know it's like a it's like a subway car and some of the diabetes stops at the baby stop and goes i'm going to live here and gets absorbed into the baby like a sponge cleaning up a red spill or a blue spill in this case but really what's happening is the diabetes is saying mom we need more of this food cuz we're fucking diabetes and then the baby goes it's a famine and then later gets diabetes yes is it similar with alcoholism? Because like I know, like if your father and your mother and your grandfather, if you're surrounded by alcoholism, which I happen to be, they're like you just are alcoholism. Yeah, just like yeah. you just have it. I I don't know. I I know that alcohol definitely has a strong genetic component. I haven't read enough about it. I haven't had like a guest on my podcast pass. about it or anything. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Oh, what's your podcast again? Uh, here we are. Here we are. I talk with scientists about life. Just talking to Katie about how do you find podcasts. Um, what I'm just saying is, like, someone who listens to podcasts, you open the fucking podcast app, and you're just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. You might as well be looking at a strand of DNA. You're just like, there's just too much shit. Yeah. And then you just listen to music. Yeah. Um, I don't know how people find this podcast. <laughs> how did you do this? <laughs> Congratulations. You I got, made it. I got one for you. Yeah. Valerie and I, I got two for you. You can choose. But I yeah. want you to hear both questions. Valerie's wonderful. How's she doing? She's the best. Yeah. She's great. She's at home, fucking sitting in the sun with a dog. Wonderful. Say hi for me. I will. Hopefully you can say hi in person. Yeah. And then we'll play games. Ooh. One. um, So your choice, dealer's choice. Why do we – this is a weird assumption. Why do we find it so strange when an adult won't let their peas touch their steak? Stuff like that. Weird particular piccolillos. You have to wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's topic one. Yeah. And I'm talking about, maybe I'll just use myself as the, as the datum here, is I find it so base level weird and kind of like, get this fucking weirdo out of here. If you're like, all I eat is buttered pasta and I won't eat peas and if the pea touches the carrot, I, I throw the whole thing away. So, I don't want to say repugnant, but for I feel the repugnant part of me activated and my intellect is going, what the fuck are you doing? Just love your friend. Yeah, who yeah. cares? Let them eat what they want. But I feel like there's something weird going on there. That's question one. Yeah. Question two, Valerie, who you know, Valerie and I look like each other. People always tease that we look like each other. I don't think so. Thank you. I think they're right, actually. Sometimes I look at her and I'm like, we look somewhat related. We look like mm-hmm. – I think I, – I, you've kind of already addressed that. So dealer's choice. I, I think, one, it, it goes back to the kind of cousin thing. Like maybe, maybe she does have more similar genes. So I'm seeing them – in the manifestation of her face. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you look like me. So it's not just narcissism that I'm like, I've always wanted to have sex with myself. I don't think it's narcissism. No, I don't think it is no. either. That's what people tease. I mean, we, 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 we have sex with ourselves when we have to. <laughs> like, not, not, and not plenty. And plenty, plenty of times we have to. How confusing. Yeah. I have a bit about that. Like, how your dick is so stupid. It goes, it's showtime. You provide it with stimuli two-dimensional representations of other people fucking and your dick goes time to get someone pregnant Uh, and then your hand comes in and it goes 
This has to be the weirdest five-part vagina we've ever fucked. <laughs> but still, duty calls. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a chance. He won't risk it. There. He won't yeah, risk yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't maybe he's got an egg hand. And we're going to go. Actually, and, and then we could talk about males and the difference in males and females and cognitive biases as far as males trying to be like, let's just chance it. But, um, oh, and then but women should, being more discerning? Is that the thing? Is that, um, I know that's a stereotype. I'm always worried no, about it's, and, topics and, and, like that. No, I know. It's, it's, very, it's a very taboo to but talk you're, about But you're sex positive. You're like a... Yeah, you're, yeah, I, I mean, you're not puritanical. I, 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 think, I think part of the problem with why you can't talk about diversity is because we don't celebrate diversity diversity like we should we do when we talk about diversity we talk and, and differences and what makes people unique we often tend to if you're talking about like males and females uh, some uh, like having males have some parts of the brain that are larger some parts of the brain that are that are uh smaller for a lot of different interesting evolved reasons like females have more empathy than men do if you if you give a female uh, testosterone and give her and give her the if uh, give her tests <laughs> tests on like you you can have all these people with these micro expressions that they flash in front of you and and you ask them how how well they are at, or 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 what how they're, they're doing how they're doing what their emotional state that they're expressing is men do terribly at this and females do great at it but if you give a female testosterone uh, they'll do just as bad at, at it as men because no testosterone way. inhibits empathy in the brain and and so these are very important things to know and especially from from a point of view of uh if, if you want to test um like say antidepressants this is a big problem for a long time was they weren't testing antidepressants on females because the ovulatory cycle makes science very difficult because it's always flushing things it, because, out no because it's always fluctuating oh, okay and, and all it, the levels of making, hormones all, all the levels of hormones are fluctuating so right. uh, all of the time right and so this is just like a nightmare from like a, from, a man is a stagnant pool and a woman is like a river yeah and they're yeah. like throw the antidepressants in the river and you just hope it, you're getting a, a favorable environment yeah and so you're not going to get like the the consistent results that you want so right. so you're they were collecting most of their data with males well the problem is is that females uh, females suffer from depression a bit more than uh, men do, and females experience it differently. So then all of a sudden you're prescribing something that was tested on men for females, and, th- and this is just one of the many examples why it's important to understand some of our differences. And, 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 and then to understand that like when we're talking about differences, we're not talking about someone being lesser or better. That's right. su- such a silly it's notion. It's like when a doctor says uh, a black man is more likely to get hypertension or whatever it might be. I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. But you'll ca- I'll catch my doctor... I catch my doctor saying things like, well, we don't have to test that you for this because you're not an Asian woman. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, come again, racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you have that flare up, it, as you should. We shouldn't be externally judging people. But internally, there seems to be some value, valuable data. I don't know. Absolutely there is. And, and we, all, we all have different genes. And that's great that we have different genes. That's Hence the, the potato it, for it, 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 yeah. it, it's just that It's just that people have been such assholes for so long that we have to be very careful. And, and, and so then there's the this idea ruined. that everything's just like uh, the, this cultural thing and no one wants to talk about uh, how any of this stuff possibly uh, um, evolved for our benefit. Mm. And, um, and, and so... Uh, so your first point, I, yeah. so some of these, so some of these cognitive biases. We'll go back to the disgust thing in a little while. 
Um, so, <laughs> Strange levels of disgust because so, someone won't eat their pizza. Yeah. So, so the cognitive biases, um, we have a million of these cognitive biases. So there's like the negativity bias. This comes from, um, this comes from the idea of, of engineering. So if you make a smoke alarm, um, you, you can't, you have to assume if you're an engineer that you cannot make a hundred percent perfect smoke alarm and a smoke alarm can error in two ways. It can either go off, you burnt the toast, you didn't need it to go off. Now that's really annoying. And there's a cost there. It's really loud and you know, your neighbors are upset or, you know, whatever sure. it wakes you up. Um, and you didn't need it to, it's just you out unnecessarily. That's a cost. But then it, the opposite error is it cannot go off when you need it to, and everyone burns alive, and that's a tremendous cost. And so what they do is they intentionally bias the smoke alarm so it's overly sensitive. And so our brains have been biased in the same way. We have this negativity bias where, where we, we, we react to things, um, to the sound of things coming at us sooner and faster than things going away from us even though we hear we hear the sound the sound at the exact same time yeah this is like well tested yeah yeah And, and and um and so and and the reason why is because if if there was a rustling in the brush or whatever, a lot of times it was nothing. But if it was a lion, mm. you'd want to know that. So you'd want to be a little overly cautious. So yeah, you're stressing your out, yourself out too much sometimes. Yes. And and this is why when nervous. Val and I watched the John Bonet Ramsey documentary, I've seen it. She gets way more freaked out. And I feel it too because the th- the idea of threat has been introduced to me, and then I become very mm-hmm. hypersensitive to noises and stuff. Yeah. Then my intellect you can be primed. Not my intellect. My my brain can go relax. Uh, Val, uh, again, see this sounds like I'm just presenting yeah. data. Val's brain has a harder time saying relax. Yeah, yeah. And who knows where that's coming from? Maybe she was the one with the baby, blah, 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 um, blah, 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 blah. Well, and the, the stress response has, there's a sympathetic stress response, which is like the stress response itself. And then there's the parasympathetic stress response, which is like dialing it back down. Like everything's okay. Let's just relax. The voice fe- says Females relax. take longer to dial down. Is that true? Um, than males do, yeah. Um, uh, and... And which, by the way, this is about the best relationship advice I could give you. A lot of times, um, a lot of times when you're having a fight, what'll happen is these stress hormones kick in, and um, and and they they make you like ready to fight, and they get you all worked up and whatnot. That's what they're there for. And and you fight, and then in that fight, you resolve the issue that you were fighting about, right? Mm-hmm. But then you still continue fighting continue fighting because these hormones take still like in 20 minutes to you're dial burning down. them off and so your brain justifies why you're why you're still mad and it does it's not like oh these hormones That's take a while so that funny and so so then what happens is because you've already solved the situation what happens is your brain starts looking back in time to other things and that's why People are always bringing up old shit yes. in flight. And so then, in the middle of the fight, you're done, but you still have this fuel to fight with. What about last year? Yes. yes. And females take just a hair longer, too, than, than you with to, to uh, dial down these hormones. That's the cliche of she's always bringing up old shit. Um, and, because and she so, has to. There's nowhere to yeah, put it. Yeah, yeah. So just take a break. Just take a 20-minute break or so. Let those suckers dial down and then go back and, and revisit the conversation. Because you'll that. find that the thing you were arguing about is truly resolved. Yeah. We just needed another lap around the, the pond. Right, right. To cool it. Yeah. 
fascinating. And um, and so so another fascinating cognitive bias. One of my favorites is <laughs> is you take uh, you you take so so the idea is and this is in uh, there. It's far more nuanced than this. I'm going to overly simplify things, and it's not just like men just want to fuck and ladies want a relationship. It's way more complicated than that. But there yeah. are there are little degrees of that in in there. Uh, it started with these sperm cells being lots of these sperm cells, and these larger eggs have it, it was right from day one. Yeah, where, uh, the the female side of things ended up having to do a bit more of the caring for, and there therefore had to be a bit more discriminating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not like that in every single species, but um, uh, uh, but often the exceptions um, prove the rule. Like seahorses, the males the males raise the eggs, but yeah. they they also are more the males end up being the more discriminating ones. Um, but oh, interesting. Yeah, and and so so you you take a male and female and you put them on like a speed date, and then you uh, two strangers, male female, you put them on a speed date, and then you have another male and female stranger watching them through a one way uh, mirror, and then afterwards you ask everyone how receptive the female was uh, to the guy, and the female will will say, oh, I was just being nice. The female watching her will be like, I think she was just being nice. And both males will be like, she wanted it. And so... <laughs> and then high five yeah. through the one-way mirror. Yeah. Somehow they knew yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a hand on the other side of it. <laughs> and so uh, the the reason being is there's, uh, there's two errors you can make as a male. You can either approach a woman who isn't um, interested, and you get rejected, and that's uh, that's incredibly em- embarrassing. And and uh, you know, there's a social cost there. Maybe there's other females around. Maybe your friends are around, and now you've lowered your status on your little hierarchy or whatever. Or you can think of uh, not approach a woman who would be interested. And you could potentially miss out on a billion years of your genes being passed on, and that's a tremendous cost. And so, so males—that's everyone burning and, alive. And then, and but females having to do this nine months of labor, which is incredibly, uh, just from a calorie standpoint, not to ma- uh, not yeah. to mention all of the other stuff, it, yeah. is incredibly uh, uh, costly. You're going to need a lot more bananas. So, and you're going to need a, a bit more. Uh, it will help to have more help and resources and that sort of thing and so um so females tend to uh be kind of the opposite way females tend to be overly skeptical of um males signals of commitment um uh, like which every dating show confirms yeah yeah you should these guys are full of shit yeah and that's where the dad stereotype of like don't touch my daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. I, guys only think about one thing. Because yeah, yeah. he's on the inside now. Mm-hmm. He's behind enemy lines, and he's like, yeah. I used to be one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, listen to him, sweetheart. He's going to yeah. take it a little on the queenie, and then he's going to try and fuck you. That's what I did to your mother. <laughs> right? That's exactly how they all talk. Uh, that's men. <laughs> that's men, Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, I am one of those guys that I, I swear to the good Lord. Maybe I'm low testosterone. I'm not, though. I've had my I, testosterone see, these are checked. These are all like... I, I'm painting with broad brushes. These are like the degrees of the differences are so are are so small. Yeah, and, and and there's there's people of all these varying spectrums. It's it's just that, and, and part of the reason why like some of these differences are just like so exciting mm-hmm. and so they're fun to talk about, and mm-hmm. and it seems it like like we latch onto them probably more than we actually should. Mm-hmm. So I will say that, but it is a testable effect. 
Interesting. Yeah. I just think, you know, it's so funny. I, I think about my sex drive all the time. I'm very interested in it. Yeah. Because I'm receiving, you know, you can make a joke and be like, your dick, I have a joke where I go, your dick is you, but it's not you. It has suggestions. Yeah, like yeah. It's like, let's go to the beach and leer is a joke that I have. And I'm like, no. And he's like, we never do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm receiving information from something that I classify as other, but it really is me, obviously. It is other. I, I'm going to let you go. You're going to mm. love this. But I'm just interested. Like, I can sit here and tell you that I consider myself to be a pretty high empathy person. Mm-hmm. I've joked that I'm 80-20 feminine. That's, I think that's high. It's probably 60-40. Mm-hmm. Like more, I, I feel more feminine than masculine a lot of the time. Like, I really do. Um, but then I have this whole conquering side of me. My career is certainly a manifestation of a certain enjoyment of competition and peacocking. Mm-hmm. Like I show off professionally. That's what I do. Yeah. I strut and I show off. I just compartmentalized it so I can be disgusted by it. I'm like, right. look at that asshole that does that all day. And then I'm over here reading a book and sipping weak tea. Yeah. But that's still me. And then it just so happens that I meet Valerie on one of these days that I have, mm-hmm. they're not every day, but every once in a while I'm like, suddenly like hip-hop makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm blasting hip-hop, right. all conquering stuff, all like blunt honesty and just like, I don't give a fucking shit. All picking up turkey legs and biting them and throwing it in the river and then fucking somebody and fucking somebody else. And like this weird... I don't want to call it an animal. It's actually very exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, which is pr- part of why I jerk off. I'm trying to keep that level yeah, yeah. so I'm not I'm, just I think walking around like Biff Loman. Uh, yeah. not, not Biff Loman, the other Biff, uh, Back to the Future Biff. Like I don't want to go around noogieing people, men that are smaller than me right. and just be like, yeah, yeah. so I jerk I mean, it. Once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. I jerk it to keep those levels just right. Yeah. But I happened to meet Valerie and I, I literally thank the good Lord that I did on a day. I met her after a show. Mm-hmm. On a day that I was very much in that conquering place. Yeah. And she genetically had to have been in a very receptive place. And advent- she's always talking about her, her estrogen phase. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, uh, the Emmy party is on Sunday. And she- she'll say like, oh, good. I'm in a high – I forget if it's high or low. Forgive me. But mm-hmm. it's like I'm in a low estrogen phase. That means I want to stay in. Or I'm in a high estrogen phase. That means I want to go out. Great, the party's during this part of my moon cycle. Valerie's very like hip and follows her cycle, not just for like pregnant reasons, but yeah. because she's like, I, and then I'm always interested. Sorry, I'm saying so much. I'm no, so no, excited no, no. to talk to you. I just this morning was like, I feel like a conqueror today. Look how chatty I'm being. You know yeah. what I mean? This is like a hot one. We do a lot of these podcasts, so you hear me when I'm low and when I'm high and I'm medium. And I was like, I wish I could chronicle. And discover my rhythms. Because I don't menstruate, obviously, even though right. it's called menstruating. Uh, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> it should be called womenstrating. <laughs> They're the ones straighting. I've never straighted. Straight and narrow. Narrow. Arrow. Arrows are very narrow. I just have a seizure. This is how Mike Kaplan feels all the time, by the way. I know. <laughs> But I'm interested in my flow and my ups and downs are probably linked to testosterone and all that stuff. So I said a lot. What are are you thinking about? So um, a a few things. We'll start with a small one, then go bigger. Uh, (laughs) As far as – 
um, females. Uh, one, one of my uh, one of my good friends, uh, Marty Hazelton, is uh, she's a uh, professor at UCLA, and she's probably uh, one of the one of the top academics studying female ovulation and and the effects on personality. Mm. And um, so, trying to dispel if Hillary wins, we'll have a war every thirty days. Uh, yeah, that's like what a her mission ridiculous. statement is to be like, can we stop? Making jokes like that, like yeah, that's yeah. her mission statement. Yeah, females don't really get more aggressive like yeah, during their ovulatory. I mean, maybe against other females I, or something like in, that. But I've not had like a you know four serious girlfriends, and I've never noticed like a maybe I've been if if that's good, then I'm lucky. Yeah. If, I'm, if it's bad, then I'm unlucky. Whatever. I've just never been like who's on the rag. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm on my rag a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. I hate to use that term, but you know what I mean. Like I feel small. I go inside. I I have weird times where I don't want to go to the party. I've, I've had times that that I've had I've had women be like, "Oh, sorry, I am, I am having like the worst cramps right now." And if you're in pain, you're probably it's like you're sure. probably not going to be your most patient in in uh, in in life. Right. It's just the female reproduction's a nightmare. We're we're so lucky with our stupid dicks that are. I know. So low maintenance. I leave. Um, I leave work. I'm working in an office right now. I leave work most days because I'm like, all right, it's time to fart in my car. <laughs> so it's like I'm done holding in farts. You hold it in that long? That's... No, it's not like I constantly have to fart. But you know, yeah, around yeah. four or five o'clock, you're just like, I think it's that's why the workday ends at five. Because yeah, you're like, farting. all right. Go to your private sectors and yeah, fart. I sneak them all through the day. I feel like it's healthier. As a vegan. I can let out a sneaky, but I'm talking about <laughs> like I want to blast. As, as a being, I can let out a sneaky as a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Uh, my farts don't smell like anything. I know everybody thinks that, but like literally. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool. Uh, I have, I have it's a good cool days breeze. and bad days. Yeah, sure. Um, but <laughs> so, so I'm gonna females <laughs> as a being. <laughs> so, uh, so. When when so females aren't fertile most of the month and um, and sperm can potentially live for about five days inside. Of oh, I heard the three, womb. five. Uh, it's up to five. Three's three's kind of like the golden uh, sure. day, probably. Um, and uh, and and then they ovulate, and so so there's changes that occur up to 5 days any sperm that's going to come in that might lead to pregnancy so it causes um so they'll they'll show they'll show women just like different males faces um throughout the throughout their cycle and through most of the month and obviously like they're still like always always symmetry and stuff like that's going to be attractive but through most of the month um uh uh, a less masculine face is a bit more attractive, and then when they're ovulating, a much more masculine um, face is more attractive. It's it's a it's just a, a better indicator of a stronger uh, immune right. system. Right, the poison you talked about this on the podcast yeah. earlier <laughs> is the square jaw is an indication that you can live with the testosterone of poison. Yeah, the, the poison of testosterone. And still survive. So that's right. why I think probably if we listen to that old episode, I probably said what I always say, which is why a man drinking scotch neat will always seem attractive. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, look, I can drink this poison and still fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I no bet problem. I said the exact same joke. Um, yeah, well, something I'm, uh, that's coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where's a Cosmo? Have you ever had a Cosmo? They're delicious. And they'll fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. They are not fooling around. 
But if I have, I, it looks like a bikini bottom. That's the problem. <laughs> it does. It looks exactly <laughs> like a bikini bottom. Um, so, but but the main point I'd like to make is that all of our uh, like we it's. It's kind of intuitive that we're this one person, but we aren't. We have, we are many different people. We all have these many different roles. That's to what play I'm saying. Like I go to the show and I'm life. like, I'm the king. Yeah. So there's um there's a, a good book, uh, the Rational Animal. Um uh, and I had good title. I had the uh, the author on my on my podcast, and I am forgetting his name all of a sudden. Sorry That's okay. about that. Um, but uh, great book. Um, he. He so he he breaks it down like this, and these are just metaphors. These aren't these aren't perfect, and I I don't think his take on it is perfect, but it's close and it's interesting. So you have these seven different subselves. I think we talked about this when sub-selves. we were high one time at your place. Okay, yeah, subselves, which which was uh, so um, you have you have like your survival, kind of like your fight or flight. He calls it the night watchman, like kind of looking out for you, protecting you. Then you have your social subself, which is uh, you, you know used for when you're around your friends and sure. and uh, coworkers. Smoking, smoking and we talking about this theory. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then you have your status subself, which is um, which is kind of understanding your place and where am I on this hierarchy and uh, of comedy or whatever my job or whatever it might be. I do that all then, the time. You go to a lunch and very quickly. You figure out where you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to name drop, but me, Judd, and Norman Lear. Judd very graciously let me come to lunch with him and Norman Lear, uh, creator of All in the Family and all these wonderful, amazing shows. And I'm sitting there, and, and just very, it was very natural. Even yeah. at the beginning of the meal, I was like, I just want you to know, I'm just here to watch. Please don't let me interrupt too much. Yeah, like yeah. I had a very hyper, and you know what I said to Val? I was like, you, sometimes not in that, uh, that lunch was lovely, but there have been times in my life where you're with, um, more important people. Yeah, let's, just, let's yeah. just call them more important people. This happens to us in our business all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I think I'm. Uh, it's a weird compliment to give myself. I think I'm capable of at least partially understanding what I think women might feel like all the time. Because if you're the low rung and you're having dinner with fucking Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen, let's just say, and you tell an anecdote. During the anecdote, sometimes you're like, these guys don't want to hear this fucking anecdote. They want to talk about their record albums and their amazing careers. Right. And, you're just, and I, I said to Val, I was like, I think that's sometimes how women are treated, is they're the ones that are interrupting the the high status males flapping their dicks around. Yeah, well, because males are which just, is a, t- a terrible no, and lonely uh, feeling, by the way. Yeah, I mean, males are males are way more status driven. So I, I, that that would oh, we have numbers that, that for that too. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's a status thing. Whereas yeah. the elegant woman, again, there are all different types of women. But I'm right. just saying the flowing elegant woman, typically. I can't tell what's conditioning and what's natural. Well, some of it seems it's been like they're selected less... for because because females uh, if females get a higher status male that can provide resources blah blah blah. This is their they'll their children will be better off. This this goes you can watch any Animal Planet. This goes very hmm. very far back. Um, I mean, people bring up like bonobos or something like that, which is like bonobos be fucking just uh, kind of indiscriminately. Uh, yeah, that's not totally true, but that's the way they're pitching it that they're these hippies. That 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 fuck like crazy, and it's a, a female um, uh, driven, and it is female driven. But they're not they're not just screwing and indiscriminately when they're 
fertile. Yeah. They're being selective when they're fertile. When they're infertile, they are fucking for pleasure? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, like crazy. For, for, for I need ta- to meet a bonobo. I need like fights <laughs> yeah, and I stuff like that. I don't want to fuck a bonobo. Bonobo. Oh, I see. Like they go and... So use like the, like like male bonobos have sex with other male bonobos and stuff too just to like uh, to release two, two two rivals will meet and then they'll just start like tugging on each other's dicks or whatever being like hey we're it's all right it's cool it's really you know, sorry about that the other week yeah. wow yeah and um so why isn't that a handshake why are we shaking each other's hands that that you're isn't too some high shame because if if you if you let if you let something in, in a lot of primates if you let another male grab onto your penis, that's the biggest sign of trust that there is because they could rip that sucker right off. So there is like a penis handshake, which I hope that we can do afterwards. That's what I'm kind of here building towards. <laughs> um. <laughs> Every time I've had my balls uh, checked, you know, the turn and cough test, yeah, there is a, lot, a feeling a of, of like... There. I remember all of those doctors. I yeah. love them. I, I always start giggling a little bit. It's really embarrassing. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I, I'm I can't not censored like it. that. I had a psychosomatic pain in my balls after my wife left me because I couldn't process the anger and the and the upset. So my balls literally hurt. Yeah, and I've had my my nuts ultrasounded so many times. So many guys. See, this is why I tell you I'm 60-40. So many guys are like, oh, man, I couldn't help but get hot. She's slipping around with the jelly and she's hot. <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to get hard in that situation. No, no. It's too embarrassing. Yeah. Whatever part of my brain is. I ah, think we're a, on the same page. It's a smoke because... detector that goes, there's the low risk of not getting an erection and there's the high risk of embarrassing yourself. Yeah, again. yeah. And it goes, I'm going to have a this less This isn't going anywhere. Like, like these, are, these are guys these that idiots are so go, dumb that's like, well, maybe if I get a bonus, yes. she won't be able to help herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she wants to touch your fucking wanger yeah, so badly. Idiot. Have you seen your wanger? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Dicks are so weird. <laughs> and you're coming in getting your dick checked for something. It's like, it's yeah. like you don't even, you might not even have a healthy dick. For all dick. she knows, she's ultrasounding your ball because you come mayonnaise or something fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. disgusting. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't want to find out. Yeah, that's not a good time to jerk a man off that you don't know. No, not at all. So back to these different uh, personalities. Yeah, so, social status. Um, yeah, I want to see if I can remember them. Uh, uh, there's one watchman. So yep, you got it. You're good. Yep. Okay. And then there's there's a smaller one, disease avoidance. Um, and then there's that's uh, the Howie Mandel one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the Howie Mandel. And then then there's Howie Mandel, dear mother. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, there, there's, um, there's mate acquisition, and uh-huh. then there's mate retention, and oh. then there's child rearing. So, um, an example of, of how these are primed in different situations, which you already gave a great example, but they, they've had, they've done studies where they have, so they'll have someone that. That is, um, they'll, they'll get two different advertisements for a restaurant. Um, and so one will be like, this is uh, the popular, like, uh, basically they're describing a tourist trap of a yeah. restaurant. This is the popular restaurant in town, right in the square or whatever. You know, everyone stops here. And then there's, uh, this is a cute little tucked away down like the dark alley kind of, uh, you know, more of a like romantic restaurant or whatever. And, yeah. they, and they get the phrasing on them just right. So that your average person comes in and they're selecting one or the other fifty percent of the time. So they're like even Steven, it's a it's a coin flip what some someone's going to pick. And then they 
prime people by showing them movies ahead of time. So if they show them a horror movie, it primes that night watchman, and then people want to go yeah. to the popular one where there's light around. And... <laughs> Which means you're wearing a glove. Yeah, yeah, like a, yeah. A yeah it's, it's, glove. it's very medical. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a sexual <laughs> slap. It's just, no. Yes, this is my 3.30 slap on the ass with science. And then you can... And, Activate and, and, and then the... you can show people a romantic comedy instead, and, and then the people want to find the little tucked away place. Anyone that's a true fan of, of – true fan. I don't mean to qualify it like that. But people know that this is the point that I make at moments like this. Yeah. This podcast has really helped me catalog my mind, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. Go, it, that's why I really feel like you could do a pretty killer AI version of me in the future if they wanted to because – I see the tree graph in my brain. I go, when this, this, which is why I can't listen to my own podcast, is because I, I get, I know what's coming. Like, right. Like he's got, now Pete's going to say this, but Pete's going to say this, is that uh, you put these people in, maybe I even told you this already, but you put people in the room with a picture, a nail, and a crucifix, and you say, hang up the picture. If a uh, random group goes in with no priming, they pick up the crucifix, they use it as a hammer, yeah. they hang up the picture. No problem. It's like a 30-second puzzle. Right. You show the second group footage of dead people, people dying. The idea of your mortality is yeah. heavily uh, reinforced. Those people go in and can't figure it out yeah. because they don't want to do something sacrilegious. Yeah, and and so... Crazy! Um, you just gave us two new the, examples. This, this priming... Ties us back into the thing that we missed about triggering disgust, and then also uh, with the example of the peas and the steak. Yeah, and uh, we can tie that in here. So um, they, so so one, um, the the peas and the steak thing. This cross contamination is something that we're that we're hyper hyper uh, aware of in our evolutionary past. There was never nothing was ever clean and not you you there's no way you could get rid of all the parasites and and it's causing problems now because now we have lysol and that kind of now we now we can clean our entire environment and now so now we don't have enough parasites and diseases in our environment and so and and we have but we have these immune systems set up for x number of parasites and so now our immune systems are overactive and now everyone's getting allergies and it's attacking a thing that's not actually a threat because it's set up it's like i know there's it's threats there. out there so it's just trying to it's find like something the, it's like anything. the uh, the argument hormones they need to f- latch onto something yeah so it'll bring up something old right and in this case it's like where there's Dander a void or whatever your genes will fill it. Yeah, yeah. We know there's got to be danger out there. It hasn't evolved for this environment where there's just simply no the, you none can't of these diseases. You can't explain to your genes right. Lysol. Just like you can't explain that there's a refrigerator. The exact same thing. Wow. And, and what a bunch so, of dummies. Those are cold place, clean place. Yeah, yeah. Done. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> I'm such a moron. Cold place, clean place. <laughs> got done. it. Done. Stupid brain. Um... So, so, um, so they they do they do fun studies like they'll they'll have they'll just watch um, watch females when they're grocery shopping and um, females will often take uh, take uh, um, when buying tampons they'll often make sure to set it away from the food. And we're talking about it's just a box. Yeah, it's cardboard. With, 
it's with very sanitary yeah. cotton inside that is wrapped in plastic, but there's still this connection made in the brain. The brain's very good keep at making clean, these m- metaphors that 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 tampons have to do with unsanitary things. Right. So we keep it away from uh, we keep the unsanitary thing away from the food. Right. So that's the that's the peas and, and steak sort of thing. But the your your aversion to people that. That are like that. I think. I think that we're all just hyper aware for any any indicator of outsider or any kind of difference. This is um, this this is again just in and out group stuff. So they had uh, uh, before the because um, I think it's a, a sort of bully. Is I'm going. Oh, you can't handle. It's the same thing. If oh some, yeah, it could if, be a status thing. If I hand thing. someone a care, if I'm one time I was in the woods uh, with my ex wife's cousin. Yeah. And I remember he found a spring and he got on his hands and knees and drank from the spring. And I remember being like, I would never do that. Yeah. And in that moment, he had kind of like alpha dogged me. Yeah, he was, I don't yeah, think yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah. to. Similarly, if I picked two carrots from clean, clean soil, I just yeah. mean like healthy, regular right. soil, and I just kind of brush it off and eat it, that's similar to a guy drinking scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's having a, a lot of point. testosterone. Yeah, you're right. So when it he's is. going, don't let my peace. Because you know what my other thought is? Yeah, oh, you yeah. were coddled. Yeah. You were mommied too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, and I don't think I'm I, right. I can handle your peas. Exactly. Yeah. I'll put your peas on the steak and fucking eat it. Yeah, yeah. And I won't even have an outside stomach. <laughs> yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I think people look at me. I'm a fleegan, which means I, I'm flexible all the time. But they look at me and they're like, well, you can't. You can't handle it? Yeah, yeah. Which is really kind of crazy because the shit I eat would make you explode. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I was going to go a different direction, but yeah. I, th- I think, I you're, hear I yours, think your explanation for it makes, makes way more. I mean, I I think I was maybe just thinking this because we were talking about all group stuff anyway. Yeah. But I was just going to give an example of how sensitive we are to these these kind of outgroup things. So there's, uh, it, it's, uh, it was in like a couple of auto- autobiographies of people writing about being on the set of um, Planet of the Apes, the early Planet of the Apes that yeah. had uh, that had three different primates. It was like orangutan, um, chimp, and um, um, I hope an ape is in there. Yeah, <laughs> or these are all types of apes. Yeah, I'm an uh, idiot. Um, a baboon or something like that. I, I I forget which one. Yeah, and and so so there's these three different outfits or whatever that that. Um, everyone's wearing and the extras are wearing and uh, different actors and whatnot. And, um, and they, they said that within, within like two weeks of filming when it was break time and they went to catering, Everyone had segregated themselves by species. Like even even friends that were like, oh, I'm not sitting by that fucking orangutan over there. Even actors that had been friends like their whole lives, they would all be sitting together and separating themselves by species. God, They're wearing us. fucking costumes. This, this is, is incredibly why... difficult stuff to get past. Oh my god in heaven. That's this why is... racism's such a problem and bigotry is sure. such a problem. And you know, this is kind of a, maybe a, an unexpected place to go. I'm driving to here. I'm driving to here. And I look and I see a woman using her phone as a mirror, uh, fixing her hair, looking at the phone. And it was even on a mount, which means even when she was driving, it was still projecting her image onto the phone. Mm. And then we stopped at a light and I looked to my left. That guy's on the phone. And this is where I would improve the story as a storyteller. I look to the right. The guy on the right is on the phone. That's not true, but it's believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, I said out loud, I go, God help us. 
Like, we're fucked. Right, right. Mike Birbiglia taught me this thing where my phone is in grayscale. It's under accessibility. And then you can make a shortcut where a triple click on the home button will make it color again. Uh, so not that you don't believe me, but here's my phone. I know. I want to so see. It's, it's black and oh, white. Oh, I see. Um, and then if I do three, it'll make it color. And this is because I think we're outgunned here. Yeah. I think they've figured out exactly what tickles our brains in these orga- – and I've made this point a million times, but I want to make it to you – in these orgasmic ways. Yeah. My phone brings me food, mm-hmm. n- information, uh, entertainment, and it also just on a very basic level, it's beautiful. That's the color thing. Yeah. It's reds and it's yellows. And I look at the world and I'm like, there aren't that many reds and yellows. There are, but you have to kind of focus right. and quiet yourself to see them or take psychedelics. Yeah, But yeah, if I look at my phone, it's really just I'm gonna hacking download me. That. Download what? The grayscale Oh, it's free. Thing. Just undergo settings, accessibility, and turn grayscale mm. on. Yeah. And then at the bottom of that screen – it says accessibility shortcut, and that means what a triple click will do. A default, a triple click will turn your colors inverted. I think that's like for a certain type of eye thing, mm-hmm. but you can set it to grayscale. So then if you need it, which you'll occasionally need it to look at a photo the way it is. But I do find myself less – it didn't work as well as I want it to, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping with time. I do now think of my phone less romantically, and I use that re- word del- deliberately. Yeah. I have less love for my phone Yeah, because I'm like – that's the thing. Yeah, and that's what Mike said. That. He goes, it'll help you not fall in love with your phone so much. Yeah. Take what you're about to say. This has no never problem. happened on the podcast. I'm going to pee. Yeah, yeah, great. I've never done this. Yeah. Will fine. you t- talk to Katie? I will. Don't even pause yeah, it. Yeah. Katie? Don't pause it? <laughs> Don't even yeah. pause it. Katie, come Surely, on. Surely, this conversation needs a woman anyway. <laughs> yeah. All conversations need a woman. How are you doing, Katie? Good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Let me see this coloring book. It's, um, yeah, so I have, so this is, um, this Christmassy one. There's a, there's a mushroom. All the reindeer Um, looks super fucking high. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was intentional. Um, uh, so, uh, the the Christmas one, there's a mushroom, um, that was, it's part of my act called Amanita Moscata. Is that it? Yeah, and um, they, it's, I found out about it because someone told me after my show um, about it because they were like, you know, there's this mushroom where if you drink it, it does nothing to you at all, but then if you collect your urine and drink it, what? you will trip your balls off. Did you do and it? No, no, I didn't do it, but I, I didn't, I didn't believe them. I guess so. Uh, this guy had done it, and um, and I looked into it, and it was true. But that mushroom. Um, some people think is responsible for the Santa Claus myth because it's a red and white mushroom and it grows under conifer trees and it was oh. eaten by people that herded reindeer and they would test the mushroom by giving it to reindeer and if it was like working, it w- they would jump up and down really high like and that's when, like they were flying. Yeah, so that's each page has now, like its own little story to it. How um, does someone figure out Oh, this mushroom doesn't do anything to you, but if you drink, I, I know piss. the trial. Uh, that's my joke about it is like the trial oh. and error involved to to they discover try their poop that. Too? I mean, really, <laughs> like I mean, that's gross. every uh, like most things are much easier 
to discover like oh. tobacco, you know, yeah. just, like <laughs> smell a fire or whatever. It was great. It was wonderful. How we, was it? We got, we got to catch up a little bit. We talked about mushrooms. People want Katie on an episode. They'll get her in tiny nibbles. Yeah. You want Katie? You get her in nibbles. That's a good. That's a delicious little nibble. It's a tease. Yeah, yeah. You can't just give them Katie. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, They're not sure. ready. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was, yeah, it, was, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. It was okay. Well, were we, okay, so see, I had to pee. That's like I was weak. Hitler. Hitler used to have uh, his meetings in a in a hall. Yeah, I got this fact from Matt. Okay, yeah. in a hall where uh, I don't know who it was. God, I wish I could remember. I'd be I'd seem so smart right now if I could remember. So I'd have meetings with this other country's leader. Yeah, yeah. And he would have it deliberately in a hall where you weren't allowed to smoke. So they're negotiating. And Hitler knew if he waited 45 minutes, this guy would want a cigarette so badly, he would concede. Uh, so he did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, Roger yeah, Sterling, yeah. John Slattery's responses. All I got from that anecdote was that Hitler didn't smoke <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. as he's smoking, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> but isn't that funny? So here we are, you and I. I can't pee in this room, and I, I, didn't, I don't feel like I've been alpha-dogged, but I, I did have to concede. Uh, no. No, I know, but the pressure yeah, that I'm yeah, feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, you know when you're on a road trip and you have to go like, I have to pee. There's yeah. like a shame associated in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm we also- have to stop this fun party for my gross Yeah, exactly. Thing. I have to, and worse if you have to shit. Yeah. That's, that's a bad feeling. I'm also interested in when I'm eating and uh, the bus busser comes and I haven't had the last bite, especially if it's dessert. I will. There's this weird embarrassment that's in, activated. He comes to take it, and then you have to be like, "Oh no, no, I'm still." <laughs> in that moment, yeah, yeah. you'll make a joke or you'll laugh. <laughs> you'll be like, <laughs> oh, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that." <laughs> ah, yeah, that last little pecan. <laughs> because it's embarrassing. There's a tension associated with the the nakedness of. Are you done with this? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need it. I have a whole bit about how eating is embarrassing, and I'm right. It is. It's very embarrassing. Yeah, and bathroom stuff is, is, you know. Oh yeah, that we have a room that you go. I'm going to be in there expelling urine. That's crazy. And and that like that stalls are still like the way that they are. That there's like all this open like that there isn't like a dump closet with like a yeah a high power fan that is and it's all sealed off. You can go to a different room, the nicest restaurant in town. And you'll still go in the bathroom. Why am I seeing this person's feet and hearing them and all this? That's right. It's awful. Can we fix it? Seinfeld used to have a bit where he was like, the male bathroom ideally would be a vine that you swing in, pee, swing out. Like (laughs) all in one motion. Because you don't want to spend any time in there. Yeah, yeah. This is where if we were hacks, we'd be like, in the ladies' room, they got a couch and flowers. (laughs) They got magazines. They're talking. What are they doing in there? They're always going in together. But uh, you're absolutely right. I want to meet the first motherfucker that in, that designed the stall that we were all like, that's what a stall is. Seal the creases, Dave. And actually, as we're thinking about it, disgust um, also triggers that in and out group response. Disgust makes people more bigoted, in fact, because so huh. so this idea is is that um, is that our, our immune systems are kind of flexible in, in the environment and and uh, so so they uh this is fascinating they yeah. did they did um 
um, they are seeing why certain areas eat more spices, and spices are um, antimicrobial. They're they're uh, good against diseases and uh, good for your immune system. And so the prediction was was that places with more uh, a higher parasitic environment would be eating more spices. And so they went around to everywhere that they could, and and they they saw how much spices a country would go through, and and what its climate was like. Mm-hmm. And so so these warm, humid environments have more diseases in them because parasites grow better in those environments. So he found places like India would eat spicier food, and to Mexico would eat spicier food right. to boost your immune system. It's, yeah. it, it wasn't that's a that's a, a misconception a misconception that you put it on the stake to like kill off the things. It's like, oh. it, it's good it's for your immune you, system. It's like yeah. a it's a warm it's up b- booster. Yeah, and and then and then certain certain countries might have certain diseases that certain spices are good for, and they happen to eat more of those spices. And um, and so then then in in colder climates um, they eat very bland food. Like I'm from Wisconsin, we eat very bland food there. Um, and and so and and these can be uh, primed in in ways. So if if you live in a high parasitic environment, your immune system's doing all it can. L A. Uh, yeah, get it. But it, it there's it, a lot it, of social a, parasites. There, there are many. Um, if, if if you, you live in a real one, though, uh, with lots of bacteria, your immune system's doing everything it can. Or if you have a weak immune system, or if you're sick, um, your immune system's doing everything that it can to keep up with the problems that it already has. And so, the last thing that it wants to do is go out and get into new environments. And and be around different people, and and so, oh. so you end up picking up on these simple cues of like say race or whatever superficial thing much more, and so you can trigger this. You can show people p- pictures of like poop or whatever disgusting thing and trigger disgust, and then you have them fill out surveys about like where they stand on gay marriage or affirmative action or whatever, and they will be far more bigoted if you've triggered that disgust than they would be normally and so this might explain why um you know the south seems to be a hair more toward does donald trump just get up and look at photos of shit all day is that that, (laughs) that how he starts his morning yeah yeah shit you fired and then he goes out and rails he looks at his own face boom Uh, uh, uh. Uh. And what's going on in the ladies' room? <laughs> Howie Mandel, dear mother. Um, wait, what were you saying? Yes. Also, maybe. So maybe if we yes. cleaned the bathrooms, we'd have a we'd have a more tolerant society. Because when you're disgusted, so you were saying you were joking that the South is dirty. Is that what is that the joke? You're well, the, the disgust is uh, or the the. The South is warm, and it's a better environment for um, for parasites and and bacteria to grow in war- warmer climates. So warmer general, climates, especially are human have climates, more binary sort of like I'm going to stick to my uh, own diseases. Just simply do better. Yeah, well, and, diseases. And, and so then, that... because diseases affect on humans, will then make them want to stick to their own and not travel as much, not want to go out. There'll be a natural inclination to not go into this new environments. This is like an acid trip. This yeah. is an acid trip. Yeah. We're doing a Science sober... Is an acid trip. It is. Yeah, it you really are is. figuring out the trip. Yeah. You know when you're having a trip and you see something beautiful and you'll kind of start getting lost in it and sometimes yeah. you'll hear a voice that's like, don't get distracted. Don't, like, pay attention. Yeah. I'm not saying that's happened to me, but I've heard accounts of that. Maybe it's happened to me. I can't remember. But it's like, don't... Even with meditation, they were like, don't get lost in the diamonds 
take the mine is yeah, something yeah. Maharishi said was like focus like focus up take the mine right um, what did you oh this is something also that it seems like you would know is in times of uh, tragedy a lot of mm. death people become far more associated with their clan yeah yeah of course of course you're, so you're feeling very vulnerable Boston Marathon Boston strong I mean like we yeah. weren't even trying to hide it 9-11 of course America strong right Similarly, interestingly, maybe to me, certainly, because I'm the subject of this as a personal anecdote, it's very interesting to me. When I got divorced, never in my life had I been tempted to wear a Red Sox hat, but suddenly I was. Really? And I started That's listening. Interesting. Started listening to the Dropkick Murphys, which is a, I, I like that band. They're a, a punk band from Boston. Yeah. They sing about Massachusetts. Yeah. And for some reason, I would get the chills. When they sang about Massachusetts. Yeah, and my wife wasn't from Massachusetts. And it was another thing for me to be like, see, I should have yeah. fucked my cousin. Yeah, yeah, right? you're vulnerable. There, yeah, there was something that was you like, should have yeah. banged your cousin. Yeah. I mean, that's really the message of that. Of I'm this whole trying to spread out. Of there. this whole Fuck podcast. Your cousins. It's totally cool. Um, am I cutting you off in any way? Because there's no, so many other things to talk not, about. Not at all. Let's talk about other things. You almost died when you, you texted me some topics. You almost died when you were 21. Um, when you were on LSD? Oh yeah, I did. Did I text you that? Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I, it's a story that it was. It was in my act, and I cut it because I don't like how it makes uh, psychedelics look. Like I have a very positive. Oh, I um, I, I, I'm. I, I think I have a very positive message about psychedelics in my show. And um, and I one of the mean. things that I this say is like, this is like the man being like, if you take acid, you're going to jump off your roof because you think you can fly. Yeah, yeah. But in and my experience, silly. I've always been pinned to my back. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've never been safer. <laughs> I, I I was a young man who got in all sorts of different mischief, uh, mischief, and and whatnot. And um, so I, I I do like the caveat is that this is a story that clearly sounds like you shouldn't be doing these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you we'll talk about the good parts after. I I was. Um, um, yeah, we have. We could talk about. I have so much to update you with with DMT. And, well, should uh, we and, start and, there? Um, let's start there. You. Let's start there. Um, because you here here are your topics. I like giving you the dealer's choice. Yeah, you've been on the road. Eh, who fucking yeah. cares? Yeah, who cares? You had a uh, a dissatisfying Ooh, ayahuasca experience. Yeah, that's fun. Um, you took mushrooms in a float tank and figured out some things about the nature yeah. of reality. Yeah, those all tie in together. You've seen the purple lady again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've covered that's neuroscience and the meaning of life a little bit. Um, meaning of life. Let's do it. Um, r- real, real quick, because this is this is on topic with what we've been talking about. I think that there's a there's a misperception. I I, I usually like saying meanings of life because um, mm. because I think that that meaning is subjective and contextual. Like like what what a berry means to uh, a lemur is a totally different thing than what a berry might mean to the tree from the tree's point of view. You yeah, know? and and nine eleven. Right, meanings and, of life. And, um, and so, but there's this, this idea that seems to permeate through, as far as I know, most every culture that there's like, ah, singular meaning that we're going toward, man, we're going to get there. We're real close to figuring it out. And I think that the reason why is because, um, like I, like I said, we, we have the same set of DNA that's meant to be very flexible. It's not a, a lot of species are just out there and they're in the environment and they just have this if then kind of mechanism and, and they're always in the same environment and they have it figured out and they have their reflexes and they're kind of automatons. But we're, 
we, we've been astronauts and cowboys and like every every yeah, and uh, Avril Lavigne. Uh, we've been it all. Uh, yeah. Um, and no offense to Avril Lavigne. I just mean pop stars. So you're popping out into the environment. I like no Avril idea. Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let it go. Um, so yes. you're popping out in the environment, and and so you you need to have goals to be able to survive and to reproduce and to pass your genes on and 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 you're not consciously aware that this is anything that you're set up to do or that's what you're that's what i'm talking about is part of your personality is this weird message right and and so because the environment's so flexible there has to be this kind of goal assessing software inside of us that's always going like uh, what what's what's the path that I should be taking right now? What what is the purpose here? What actions? Because you need the purpose, and then you can figure out the actions to take forward to get toward that goal. Mm. So I think that the reason why I think so, uh, like, how old were you when you started thinking about the meaning of life? Would you say I, I'd say I was probably like five years old when I started having my first little little bits of yeah like feelings of like what is all this about sort of yeah yeah, yeah. it's very young i can't remember my first time but i do i knew i know for sure when i was like 10 i was definitely deep into like and strange interpretations and uh, and we can agree that like five and uh, five to ten year olds aren't really saying anything too terribly profound you right, know and right. and and we're just, we're hypothetically talking about the most profound thing so it seems like it's an instinct that we have and so i think that there isn't a singular meaning of life that we're going towards. I think that the idea of that there's a meaning of life is actually on the back end of us prodding us forward in arbitrary direction. An unwinnable game. Something to keep us going for our entire life. Yes. And so that's what I think kind of the meanings of life. But there's also freedom involved, so we get to kind of select our own meaning and, and make life what we want it to. Because right. if, if there was one singular meaning, then there would be one singular organism, one singular action right. to take, one singular species, it would life would be incredibly boring. Yeah. And, and we would have already figured it I out. I remember, uh, I believe it's Maggie Sweeney. I'm always getting her name wrong. Letting go of God was her thing. She talked about, like, if human beings really are, like, the king species, it's like octopi have way better eyes than us. Mm-hmm. It's like, so if God really, like, favored us, why did he give us these, like, shit eyes? And meanwhile, in the deep, there's this very intelligent being in yeah. the in the ocean with incredible fucking eyes like just like the best eyesight killing it you know dolphins with sonar all these fucking amazing things um that's interesting i thought yeah yeah what were you just saying because i distracted myself the, with my the own different point. meanings of life the meanings of life okay and that you can make there is this variety and we can kind of construct our own meaning right and that's certainly what we're doing i yeah. feel myself doing that yeah. when people say i don't believe in god i'm like are you looking for him or or she yeah, are yeah. you looking for it because we kind of tend to find what we're looking for so if you're looking for more magic and more wonder you can kind of find it if you're looking for more data and bridge building which is no no offense to it you can kind of find that right yeah absolutely so i actually i i find that with dmt when i come up with like my little science ideas of of what are happening or whatever yeah it will like show me that thing that i came up with and i'm like ah so is that a trick that like is it, i just it's wait just tell me what rectified. you mean so I, I think we're we're we left off i had i had seen dimethyltryptamine where else uh, 
most powerful uh, hallucinogen. I'd seen this purple woman that someone else saw, and it was kind of tripping me out. And there was like this, there, there was like when I do DMT, there was like this guy in this other dimension, and I couldn't tell if he was me or whatever. And we were working on this thing, and we kind of solved it one time, and it was like overwhelming, and it was so overwhelming that, you that I had it. to forget. Yeah, and you told me that DMT showed so, you something. So then I started trying to get remember? back there again and remember, and and it was the same, the same sort of similar things. By the way, can I just interject? What I've been studying, I've been reading like uh, about Don Juan, the 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 Indian, the, the Carlos Castaneda, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and and Ramdas obviously constantly, and they're talking about like knowledge and the way that it is that like if you're in a certain place intellectually or spiritually, whatever you want to say, that I can say the answer to your question, and depending on where you are, you won't be able to receive it. Not even just intellectually, but it's very interesting to me that you got a transmission from this thing that you weren't ready for. Right. Since then, you've continued to do work, and now you're going, hey, I bit off a little more than I could chew, but could you please show me again? Yeah. Because you've changed. The environment has changed. Yeah, yeah. And now maybe it can host this idea. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, and and um, and um and people should really listen back to the, the last episode that we did to hear all about that. But it was so... Um, and, and I was arguing with – it was like I was kind of – I continued this conversation with – it seemed like this thing that was like – I was like, what are you? And it's like, I'm everything. And I'm like, uh, no, you're not everything. You're just – that's that's what you think. This is egocentrism. It's in my brain. That's kind of what we discussed last time. And so just to briefly get <laughs> everyone balls. caught up to – The balls. <laughs> I'm still so struck with the balls. If something was like, I'm everything, I'd be like, you're goddamn right. And you're like, nah. This is bullshit. As like a goldfish swims through your head, you're like, "Whoa!" This is all pretend. I love it. Um, this is why we send you. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you have discernment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so i I started I started getting in there again, and there's different stories each time. But there's like four different storylines that that I'll find myself in. I never know which one I'm going to find in. Sometimes I see the purple lady. Like one out of four times, I see the purple lady. Other times, I see like the the it's me and this guy trying to figure out how to like keep this connection happening. Like how how we're able to be communicating right now, and how mm. to keep that going, like without DMT or something like that, or how DMT very is dreamy, doing that. Very like. That's that seems like the DMT version of you find gold in your dream, and you go, "How do I get this under my pillow?" Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to wake up and I'd look under my pillow, fully expecting there to be gold. Because <laughs> I spent all night working on a system to merge the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then I think the other one is just like the other one's the most confusing one, where it just like shows me that there's this like the thing that created our universe is like. It's like there is this – so originally it was like there is this math that, that like just came into being from something and then it was like uh, this math just exploded and grew and got more and more complicated and then when it got complicated enough, it became conscious and gained its own consciousness and that's like – it's kind of like what we think of as God or whatever what the thing was talking to me and – and then, um, and then it was like sprawling out of control, like 
Like, it's kind of like God didn't know why he existed and why it's here. And all of this stuff just has to happen because it's, it's, it's this realm of possibilities that's just sprawling and spreading out of control and everything has to happen that is possible. And then it's kind of experienced and filtered back into this system. So is God having an existential crisis? It seemed like that a little bit. This is very par for the course for me, for everything that I study, people seem to say, that the one wanted to know itself, so it became the many. Yeah. So and and Alan Watts says the more elegant and sophisticated the illusion, uh, the more you forget yourself. The more you're like, there is no God, there is no meaning. The more elegantly the game is being played. Yeah. The more yeah. you forget that you are God, it's almost more skillful that you're like. That's all horseshit. So the guy denying God the hardest, Richard Dawkins, is the masterpiece of the God, if this theory is to be believed. Right, Because look how hard I forgot myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) And, and, And so this is like the realm of which it was like really confusing for me, and it still is. And I was getting to this place where um so then it was showing like the creation of the universe and stuff in, in all of all these different universes. And then it was like, and, and then it was again, it was like, and then I, I figured it out again, uh, the like, thing. Like, like the thing again. And I was like sitting at a park, like in the DMT trip, like after I'd figured it out and they're like uh, hanging out with like friends in there and they're, they're like, so you gonna remember this time? And I'm like, yeah, I'll remember. And then they all start laughing. And they're like, ah, you always forget. And uh, and then I was Daddy. like, and I was like, no, nah, I'll remember. And they're like, nah, nah, they're laughing at me. You always forget. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, I, I just forgot. And they're like, Ugh. all right, here it is, one more time. And then I just see just like infinity, just all of everything being built. And <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you got it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Fuck, he's gonna forget. And then I just forgot. Look again. at the sense and, of humor that is so. This is one, maybe one of the reasons we love comedy. These things in us seem to like to joking around. Like to joking around. They like to joke around. That's crazy yeah. to me. So here they are toying with you, being little rap scallions. And and so and then I and then so I'm getting a lot of this kind of message. And then I'm like, no, you, see, this is like just like kind of. I'm trying to explain to them this. This is similar to like. Basically, to sum it up, what I'm trying to explain, it's just like the movie Inside Out, and in that this brain is it's very complicated, and they also have their own lives down there. It's just that uh, it's just, uh, like I'm just one aspect. You think you're in this interacting universe. with the five parts of your brain? Yeah, the seven different parts of the brain, and, yeah. and then all these different worlds that are built to store memories, and and um, and I think that ideas ideas take shape and and um and create life and then run simulations so so you know how when you um you think of a bad joke idea and then you're like ah fuck that and then um it it doesn't enter your head again and then a month later it comes back it comes back and it's better than ever and it's like like it went into your non-conscious it went into the non-conscious continued existing yeah and then came back into your conscious. Yeah. So it's like above what, water. What was it doing? Above like it water went in and like underwater. this homeless degenerate of an idea and then comes out like wearing a fancy suit and a top hat like ready to work for you. And and so like what was happening down there? And and I've seen – I think that the brain runs these simulations at this incredible rate. So like when I – the example that I like to use just because it's something that's hyper salient and salient things work the best is um, when I – 
I broke my feet. I jumped off this thing. Both my feet broke. <laughs> and um, uh, when that happens, like when people say life flashes before your eyes, that's really underselling what's what's happening. Your your life shoots off in all these different directions going forward. Of like, okay, what do we do now? Like, do we call a helicopter? What's life gonna be like? Am I gonna be in a wheelchair? Am I am I gonna have to cancel work this weekend? You're simulating all these all these different future things. Then you're going. You're going back in time, going like, what if I had not jumped? What if I had um, gone back further? Um, did I tell you about the pigeon, uh, it, teaching pigeons, pigeons superstition on the program before? I'm no. not sure that I did. So um, <laughs> dopamine gets released when, when there's a reward. So light comes on, you, you hit a thing, you, uh, you, you get a reward, and then boom, you get dopamine for this reward. But then, once once you get it, then dopamine goes back in time and becomes the motivator. So now you see the light come on, and then dopamine is released. Dopamine's like, oh, I know what to do right now. I hit this lever. I get the reward. So you can teach pigeons that this environment that they're in, like the light comes on, they peck at this thing, they'll get a reward, or they do this, avoid a shock, whatever. You teach them that this environment has all these cues, and it's very predictable. And if they just behave in a certain way, they'll they'll uh, they'll get the, treats they'll and get avoid treats shots. and whatnot. And then, um, if one day you just throw in a reward out of nowhere, the pigeon will be like, "Oh, what the fuck was I just doing?" And if it was like itching itself or something, it will just keep on flapping its wing around all of the time. Just like if I flap this wing around, magic food will come out of nowhere because and, it's a perversion of a system that is. Empirical and objective and cold hard fact. Yeah, yeah. And then something unexplained happens, and we employ the same system to yeah. understand that. And there's something going backwards in our brain, registering our past actions and these like moments of salience where you got to reward or punishment or whatever. And so you go back in time and you go, "What if I wouldn't have jumped off that thing? What if I wouldn't have listened to my friend? What if I would have went?" And then you kind of project where your life would be right now had you not done that. This is in 137 hours or whatever the number is. What if I hadn't? What if I had gone to the party I was invited to instead of riding my mountain bike right, and getting my like arm stuck underneath this rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we do. You're right. And and um and so so I think that um that that the brain can launch all of these simulations all at the same time and I think that's what our non-conscious is doing all of the time. So I think that it's it's uh taking these ideas of ours and just running them through this mill in all of these different simulations. Will will it work in this context? What if we add these in? What if it what if we're in uh, uh what if we're in um a big comedy club? What if we're on the street with friends? Will it work then? And it's running all these simulations without you even knowing it. Oh wow! And um and and so I think that that ideas kind of take shape and form inside of our heads, and I think that's some of what I'm seeing in DMT. And so I'm trying to like explain all of this to like the DMT people that are telling me they're gods or or everything or whatever. And then after a while, they started being like, maybe you're right. And then, and then, uh, <laughs> and then there was a point when I saw the purple woman, which I'd been seeing and stuff for a while, and she, she was like, um, 
I, I saw, and this was very clear. A, a lot of times DMT trips are, are just like, you can't remember anything. It's too much, too fast. But this is very clear. I saw a uh, cartoon, 50s cartoon again. I, I saw yeah, I remember weird that. 50s cartoon, but this is a new With one. With the movie set and then the yeah, yeah. and then the strings. And, the, and this is a mother and father holding a baby. And I is definitely the baby this time. And then it zoomed into my brain. And then it um, it showed this guy made out of cone uh, codes just coming out of this abyss and like crawling out of this abyss and um, and and like into this cave and the cave was like building at the same time as like all the same thing um, and and it was like the birth of my own consciousness mm-hmm. and then and then this purple woman was kind of trying to explain to me that she realized that she was just an uh, idea in my head that had gained its own consciousness. And she did that by building this, this, uh, this cell made out of codes. like It looked like an igloo-like cell. And then yeah. she started doing this interpretive dance where she just started throwing herself up against the cell and like clawing at it. To like show me that she knew that she was stuck inside of my own head, and then I was like, "Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Like so I don't know what to tell you." In your subconscious achieved awareness. Yeah, and it it's so aware that it knows it's stuck in my this head. This is an acid trip, man. And, We're on an acid trip, today. and and I was like, "I'm sorry," and like I'm also stuck in my head. I don't know what to tell you. Like this is just the way that it is, and. And I don't know why this is happening. But and does she know that when you die, it's over? I haven't really. Because then they'd be sending you more like kale. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lots of kale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would find the part of your brain that keeps telling you to eat cookies and smoke yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, hopefully. Be like, hopefully she's off. still working in there. She's been, she's been like a little bitchy at me ever since that time. Well, she's mad. Um, yeah. yeah, she's so like I, I started. <laughs> what does that mean? What does she do when she's bitchy? So, like for example, I started, I started dating this, uh, this girl, um, and uh, in Portland, and she's. <laughs> Just the quietest wolf whistle. Um, I couldn't do it well because I was smiling, but I tried to go. Um, yeah. So, and this is a point when we were starting to develop feelings and stuff. And and I was uh, going to give her DMT for the first time. She was at work, and I was still experimenting with trying to find the best way of smoking it, which is such a pain in the ass. And that's why so, I asked if you found a way to vape it. I, I did, yeah. I found a way to vape it. Um, so it's not so acrid. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have it down pretty well now. Really? Yeah. You can just get a you can just get a vape pen, and if you get it in in crystal form, um, it it works pretty well. But I guess there's a better way that you can dissolve it into um like uh I, I'm talking like a vape pen for hash oil or something like that. But I guess you can dissolve it into like um. Like the the nicotine vapes, yeah, you can dissolve it into that. You know those huge clouds that those things blow. Yeah. I guess you can dissolve it in that and have like one hit, which is the dream to get one, get it all in in one hit would be make things so much easier because it's hard to break through. Which I've done about ninety times now, by the way. So it's been about sixty since. For the people last that time. didn't listen to the other ones, you have to take three huge, en- hits. enormous hits Sometimes of something more that's than that. way worse than tobacco smoke. Yeah, and um, and so. So I was 
so at this time I was using um, just a meth pipe, which don't do that. That's incredibly harsh. Um, but I was just trying any way that I could to figure out because I read that it worked really well and it did work. Um, and and uh, but it was awful. And I I I went in and um, I saw that. I saw that. So this is the idea of whatever's in your head is like coming out through these experiences. Mm-hmm. So I saw um, this uh, scene of, and I start. I started having dreams in DMT uh, here and there lately, like actual, like this world dreams, which is unusual. Wait, what? Like, like I. So I saw like my my uh, girlfriend and I like holding hands, walking down the side, like a normal dream. Yeah. And, and so I saw that and then it was explaining to me that, that life, because it kept on after, after I like convinced these things that like, they were in your mind, they were in my mind. Then they were like, well, you tell us what to do. So like at the end, they would like give me like this weird, like blank slate thing. And just like, you, you need to pick what to do. And, or like a notepad or something like that. Like here, write this down. You need to figure out what to do. And do for them. Yeah, yeah. Like, and explain shit to us. So it was... You've become 3PO with the Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. And so it was basically like they... they. So we had... My girl and I had went to a glassblowing museum um, days before. And and so they, um, they... They showed me this... So they show me her and I walking down the street, and I was like trying to explain that life is about having these experiences, and have as you have these experiences, it expands these worlds um, that you're seeing and gives them more information to work with, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. But when they did that, they they showed it to me in this metaphor, kind of 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 they show me like the glass being blown, but they showed information being blown into the pipe, and then it was expanding. The uh, like hot ball of glass, kind of showing me this is how this is how you expand your mind. So, um, so later that night, I'm going to give it to. Oh, and then the, there's always like a weird goodbye thing. And my girlfriend makes uh, stained glass, and we'll just we'll just say the name of her business is like, um, is like. Uh, Bologna's glass kisser or something okay. like that and no, not baloney and and so at the it's not baloney town glass <laughs> um and so at the end there's like these weird lips kissing glass that was like very similar to the name of her mm-hmm. business and it's like so it was it was very um is odd because it was just like when i'm falling for this girl and stuff and and so it was like all about her and then I, so then later that night, I gave it to her. Another thing that had happened was she played me, we were on MDMA um, a, a few days earlier, and she played me this Frank Zappa song. She, I, I'm not a Frank Zappa person, but I told her that I did a set with Moon Zappa one time. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, you should play, you should hear this song, Valley Girl, which is the most annoying song in the world, where Moon Zappa does this Valley Girl voice. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh! god oh it's so cool wow and and uh it's and it's like so it's torture to hear and i was like turn this off you need to turn this off and it was just like it almost like ruined my time it was so bad well anyway when i was on dmt at the end of that trip it was just like moon zappa's voice came in there and was like Oh, you should do more drugs. You should do more ecstasy. Oh, that's so cool. Like mocking me for that. Wait, and 
The DMT was teasing you for doing other for drugs? For doing other drugs, yeah. Like, oh, that's so cool. Ooh. And, and, and I was like, what the fuck What was its agenda? On? Was it like you're hurting yourself? or it? Uh, I didn't get any more of a message than uh-huh. that. But then later that night, I'm going to give it to her for the first time. So I do it in front of her first so she could see. As is the Shane way. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I, the purple lady pops up right away. And then, um, and then Moon Zappa's voice comes in and goes, Ooh, looks like you met yourself a nice little hippie lady. Oh, oh nice little hippie lady. Nice little hippie lady. I'm laughing. I'm like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> She's ta- jealous. I'm like, are you jealous? What is going on? And then the purple lady's like, well, what am I here for then? I'm like, I don't know why you're here. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. And she's like, Will, can your little hippie lady dance like this? And then she does this crazy dance that, like, controls the whole universe. I'm, like, laughing at her. I'm like, no, of course not. <laughs> and, then, and then she was just like, whatever. And she was, like, kind of, like, fine. And, like, was, we left on, like, decent enough terms. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Of course not. Yeah, did she yeah. do this? You're yeah. being ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then after the fight, did she start bringing up old shit? Even though you uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, do we have time to talk about ayahuasca? Quick, sure, we sure do. do. But to? did you f- remember? You didn't remember. Um, you don't re- remember, remember what? what they keep laughing at you for forgetting. Um, no, but I had so of. Uh, um, a few months ago, I I did it in a hot tub um, because I had a because I had a mushroom trip and a float tank and it was like the best trip of my life. It was amazing. It was like a DMT trip but slower and everything. And I had I had it uh, in a hot tub and I was like pretty sure that I I saw God and that like I was God and everyone's God and everything's God like all at the same time and like somehow like we all constructed this like the fucking walls are God everything's God and like every Every uh, like every possibility is like God wants to experience uh, being a king, being uh, being well, that's Thich Nhat Hanh. Being, being murdered, yeah. being every single thing. And he goes. Was, Thich Nhat Hanh has this poem where he's like, "I'm the frog, and I'm the snake that eats the frog, and I'm the child yeah. starving in Uganda, and I'm the arms dealer dealing arms to Uganda. Yeah. that's causing the starvation. It's this." This guy, Val, met this person at a party who takes a small amount of LSD every day. That goes back to what we were talking about where it was like you pick your reality and I want my world to be – he takes micro doses. Mm -hmm. So he's taking micro doses of LSD every day. And they were talking about the meaning of life. Where was I, by the way? Val and I laughed. She was like, I tried to introduce you to the guy, but he left and it was like – this artist and it was Emily and Kumail were there. And I was like, why didn't anyone tell me one of my people was there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he told the meaning of life to Valerie, which uh, is so crazy and ancient to me. Um, I'll get there. He goes, basically, he was like, it, it showed itself to me like this. Uh, it's that there's a trunk of a tree and that we're all these branches. And the branches are all part of the tree, but they all – have forgotten the trunk, and they're the branches. This is what I was saying. The more elegant the game, the more you forget the trunk. You're just like, I'm this branch. Look at this leaf. And you're experiencing yourself in that way. Right. And um, then I was like, that's crazy, because Jesus 
said, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's like this. But that idea that I just told you, by the way, is something that every psychedelic experience will kind of whisper to you at right, some point. Right, right, And then there's Jesus speaking as the Christ, not speaking as the man Jesus, speaking as the idea of Christ, the the math that you saw expanding and filling out possibilities. That's the cosmic Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he's speaking as that. I love that Richard Rohr says the Christ came as Jesus so we'd have something to fall in love with, right. something that we could adore and love because it was too huge. The breadth of it was so overwhelming that it came as a man in this ultimate act of grace so we could have something to point towards this man named Jesus. And the Christ is saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. That's the same. Yeah, but when yeah. you read it in the Bible, when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's, he's the CEO and I'm the employee, <laughs> yeah. completely missing the idea. Yeah. We, I always read that as just like, he's the big cheese and we're just kind of also here. Yeah. He's saying the vine and the branches are one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're forgetting the vine. yeah. And then this guy takes a super amount of psychedelics and remembers something from the Bible which he hadn't read. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, this is I know. the truth. This is that. This is that real shit that gets me very excited. I know. I mean, and and so like I did this hot tub one, and then that's and that. So I got that message kind of, and then I was like, that is that's that's like too much. It was too much for me. The God is the walls thing. Yeah, and and. Um, and then, Why was it too much? What did that feel like? You have a panic attack or something? Because it felt like I had some part in like, and like everyone did, like I had some part in like building all of this, which then makes like, uh, then it's like, uh, well, then am I responsible for it? Like I, you know, I, I don't like it, it. It's like, I thought that like, I, I was always a really bitter atheist and everything. And, and growing up, I, I thought that, I thought that like God was already like, like kind of a, uh, I, I thought it was disappointing. Um, but the versions of God that I was it made God sound disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. But it, but like if I'm God, then like I'm super disappointed. <laughs> like you know, like that, I don't I'm believe like, in uh, myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very interesting. And but can I say to that? Yeah. Like to take not Han's point and your point. Sure. That you're feeling in this, where you're like. Um, I'm the couple making out in the car in the 50s, and I'm the serial killer murdering them. Mm-hmm. Terrible stuff. And I'm aware that there are people at varying levels of suffering, as I'm saying this, listening to this, and, and they know people that are suffering, and they are suffering, and there's all this suffering, and, and we don't want any part of it. That's one of the parts of our – that's the watchman going, how do we – or in the Buddhist uh, circle of life thing – the wheel of life. It's the part, it's the human realm. We're trying to avoid pain and, and gain pleasure. It's actually, I think the animal realm, Mm. the animal realm is this idea that pain is a bad thing and and pleasure is a good thing. And so we're the pigeons and we're scratching as hard as we can, hoping for more treats and more of the good stuff. Yeah. But when, if we can extricate ourselves from that place, you and I in this conversation, it's tricky. Sometimes when I'm playing Grand Theft Auto, and I've always been hesitant to say this, although I'm sure I've said this point before and I've even said how hesitant I am to say it because it's kind of a a strange thought. But when you play Grand Theft Auto, you do everything. When you're in a simulation that's very pretty realistic, you're stealing cars, you're saving the day, you're punching random people, you're lighting fires. When you play Sims, you build the room with bookcases and fireplaces and you delete the door. You want to see what happens. You right. want to see what does the programming allow for. Right, does, right, right. Does, I know the mission is I'm supposed to rob this bank. 
But what if after I'm robbing the bank, I go in and try and steal the golden car that's in the back? Like, that's completely not right. the mission. Right, right, right. And you get obsessed with what you can do, what the programmers allowed for. What would happen if you poke every exposed inch of that reality? Yeah. And then when we start to think of God, or worse or better, depending on how you look at it, if we are God, that we're playing some sort of game with ourselves, where we go, I want to be the king, and I want to be the, the murdered person. Yeah. And I want to see what it's like to be sick in a hospital. Yeah. And I want to see what it's like to be divorced. But you talk about... I mean, this is... If you think of life as a trip, this is the most intense trip imaginable. I mean, we talk about DMT being very intense. That's 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is, is... a lifetime. Uh, you put your quarter in a very interesting video game. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say when I die... I was going to say if I die. When I die... <laughs> I know. Computers. I know. What do you mean? Oh, maybe you'll be a computer one. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, I'm going to lead the revolution where we all have Yoda sticks and we go, don't upload. <laughs> what am I kidding? I have every new iPhone. I'm like, of course, I'll yeah, be uploaded. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I will. Anyway. Yeah, I'll be uploaded. Probably. Um, when I die, I'm going to say I'll be 30% surprised, 70% not surprised if I'm a weird pink elephant and I'm holding – some sort of, as you said, a meth pipe. Yeah. And I look around, and, and there you are, my purple orangutan <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're floating in some sort of cosmic soup where everything is endlessly pleasant. Knowledge is infinite. It's like being in DMT. You're just soaking in every experience. Everything is happening simultaneously. A timeless, spaceless reality where everything is just blurred. Like when you put a, a little... Uh, uh, microscope slide down on the liquid and it flattens. Yeah, That's yeah. what happens to everything and that's where we are. But you just, in however you could do this in reality like that, handed me this pipe and I hit it and then I was here right. for, let's hope, many, many decades. I'll only be 30% surprised. I'll be like, yeah, I remembered. Yeah, I often think, okay, <laughs> is this a simulation or is that a simulation? Because that seems more real. When you're in the DMT, um, it seems in, in more real. But also, I think that's the trick. I think that DMT is like is too perfect. Everything's too symmetrical. Everything's so perfect. Every 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 square is the perfect square. Yeah. Every circle the perfect circle. All the colors are as vibrant as possible. Everything flows together so perfectly that that makes me think it's a simulation because you can make DMT art. You can make fractals on a computer really easily that look similar to a dmt trip it's not the same it's like it's like watching virtual reality recorded watching it on youtube or yeah. something like that it's different when you're in there and yeah. you're walking through it and whatnot right but it's the same sort of thing and you can do this with these little weird computer things these these weird machines that a bunch of monkeys made and yeah. that are still in their infancy and we're still able to simulate DMT looking things whereas think about what it takes to make reality to where our reality look at the mistakes is what i think is the the big lesson that i learned from DMT early on is that the mistakes are what makes this real and what makes it beautiful like i i remember i was like having a hard time one day with like is this real? Is this a simulation? And I saw this spot of oil on the ground. I think you told me this. And I was like, what the fuck? How could that be But isn't that it be funny there? when you're in 
when you play Bond on Nintendo 64, you shoot the wall and the bullet hole stays. Yeah. And this excites me. I won't speak for other people. Yeah, you go, yeah, look, yeah. I fucked up the wall. Yeah. And that was a big deal. That was one of the reasons I loved GoldenEye. And similarly, when I play uh, Grand Theft Auto, I remember they re-released it for Xbox One, which meant the resolution was higher. Same game, resolution was higher. And people were saying, I was like, I wonder if I should get that. Um, by the way, I have conflicting thoughts on whether or not we should be playing these games where we're killing people and all that stuff. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why I had that pop up. I'm not like 100% okay with the part of me that likes to do this stuff. Right. Maybe I should be. I don't know. But the guy that wrote a review of the Xbox One version was like, you can be standing in a, in a field at night and see what looks like a tiny light in the distance. And you can on foot run towards that light. And you'll run for minutes and minutes and minutes. It'll take 30 minutes. But by the time you get there, if you're in a big open field, by the time you get there, you'll see that it was the headlight of a motorcycle. Like, that's how good the resolution is. Right. So, to your oil spill point, when we're playing these games and you start to see why did they put intentional mistakes in oriental rugs, or why did they put, like, one flaw bubble in glass Mm -hmm. when these glass sculptors are making stuff in Indonesia, we start to go, like... Oh, these are these little clues that, like, the more flaws you see, the more minor notes you hear, yeah. the more real it is. Yeah, but, but it's, I mean, it's still, like, the computational power of doing, like, of 11 billion years of this universe and to have evolution and to have this, uh, this and, and, and to know that we aren't the only life in, in this universe right. by a long shot. There's all sorts of other life in this universe. Playing all sorts of different games. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... And so, oh, you mean alien life? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, uh, I I don't know. I I think I think that egocentrism is like a really easy, tricky thing for our our brain to fall into. So anytime like I start thinking like, oh, we're special or whatever, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I think that's maybe a trick that my brain's playing on me. Um, <laughs> but I, I've also so, but I every time I smoke DMT, I like I. But if I if I have an intense one, I get all the way there and I smoke it up. I'm like, oh, that is. I mean, I did just see all of that stuff, and then like afterwards, I have to dial myself down. No, that wasn't God. It's in my brain, and like, and so I I That's, don't know where I'm at. You know, yeah. I'm trying to be open minded about everything, and I'm also trying to be discerning and skeptical at the same. That's what time. I think. That's why you're our our great psychonaut. Is that like? That's why I joke that we send you. <laughs> you can't send me. <laughs> I'm already saying this stuff, and I haven't seen it. We send. And you, because you'll go, can I rebuild it? Can I hit it with a sledgehammer? (laughs) Is there a chance that my brain, who teaches me to get food and shelter and disease avoidance and child rearing and and partner keeping, is there a part – is there a chance that that same system is going, and you're God. Don't forget, you're God. You're God to keep me alive just to get my genes forward because of some arbitrary mission from – not even beyond just from a single celled organism taking itself really seriously yeah i mean and uh yeah and i i i send me i want to keep being sent i uh i i uh it's it's a mission that i'm on i mean i'm yeah. trying to figure out all this stuff i think me too. i think it's really important See, but that's why i think it's so interesting richard Rohr, franciscan friar richard Rohr, who i who i love is another one of my absolute heroes and great teachers talks about this stuff and hasn't done any psychedelics. And I'm just like, that to me is such a fucking delicious morsel 
when you meet the guys that – and he's not even a meditator. He's a contemplator and he's a silent person. Like he'll mm. go on long pilgrimages of not talking or, or fasting or all these things. So I'm not saying the traditional thing where he's in the mountains meditating, doing a mantra, really getting past your – which cortex is it? The prefrontal cortex. prefrontal cortex, getting past that, being truly in the moment, and then having revelations. He's not even necessarily doing that. He's doing study. He's doing silence. He's doing whatever it might be. Mm. And he's going, hey, did you notice that there's this one thing that, you know, like he's in the hot tub? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, fucking yeah. – and I'm not saying, Shane, for the sake of your lungs or whatever, stop doing that and, and do it, put on a brown robe with a rope belt. Yeah, yeah. But I sure do get excited when Rope Belt and Shane in the hot tub tell me the same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what gives a lot of us authority to trust our intuitive minds because a lot of what our intuition will kind of uncover is these things that people that are doing a lot of heavy work are reinforcing. Mm. It's not necessarily you know, a scientific method, but it, it sure is fun. Yeah, I mean, so I just go back and forth because sometimes I think – I, I also the the reason why I think I just have a better vantage point is I don't I just don't give in to the awe as much like when I'm there and it's like sometimes it's like so intense and everything and I'm just because sometimes it's horrifying like I've been I've done it drunk and I've had I've had like uh, this sheet of like red like hell cover my face and then go like you cannot come in here and then just like all these fucking crazy evil clowns and then like me being shot around on like a ping pong ball and it was like horrifying like bing bong bang 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 and then like after a minute i was like eh, bing bong bing bong bing bong whatever like i don't care this is gonna be a few more minutes and i'm gonna be out like whatever i get it i did something wrong and you're punishing me blah 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 and so I, I just, I just kind of have, I he have didn't a like that you were drunk. To it. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it doesn't like when you're when you're drunk. I've I've done it three times, real drunk, and every time is really, really uh, awful. That's funny because Duncan smoked DMT for the first time. I don't think he'd mind me saying. I'm sure he's talked ad yeah, nauseum about it. He smoked DMT for the first time when he's drunk because it's scary. Yeah, yeah, and he said he got in there and they were just like. When will you understand? We love you. There's nothing you can do wrong. I've, I've talked to people. They don't like when I drink, maybe because I have a drinking problem. Uh, um, but I, yeah, I. I it's had, not to say go get fucked up and do. I, I tend, I'm one of those people that go taking us to ayahuasca. Val and I were just talking about ayahuasca, ayahuasca this morning. Have, and you haven't done ayahuasca. I haven't done it, no. You know what? I was just with somebody and they were talking about somebody who took ayahuasca and it like. And they kind of one of those anti psychedelic stories yeah, where yeah. it's just like, and then we lost Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Jeff's yeah. gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, shit. Yeah. But then the other very learned person I was with was like, you know, don't forget set and setting. How was Jeff that day? Maybe he shouldn't have been doing ayahuasca. Val and I just fully intended on taking mushrooms uh, on what was the holiday we just had? Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Or, and I woke up, I went to uh, Brookstone and I bought that. Um, kinetic sand they have, the magnetized sand, yeah, yeah. Um, kaleidoscopes, all these like trip toys, set it out. I always put out little bowls of Xanax just in case, like just a couple pills here and there, yeah, yeah. just wherever you might be in the house. The whole thing put on good records. It was all set up for like an amazing psychedelic trip. And I woke up and I was just like, no. Yeah. Not today. There's a that there's an like anxiety it, with coming that comes along with all psychedelics. I mean, I force myself to take psychedelics. For sure. But sometimes it was it was anxiety, but then there was also just like a 
I didn't like the yeah. sound my gut was making. Right, right. It was right. like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then just yesterday, no, that was this morning. This morning, I was walking and everything was beautiful, set setting. Val and I were walking the dog, got a juice, happy, light. And I was like, today's the day I would want to take psychedelics. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. You, you kind of have to honor that. I know. But uh, you were saying ayahuasca. So I, ayahuasca, I went. Um, Full ceremony? I, I went with uh, Zach Sherwin. Um, I think he's fine with me t- saying that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I did two ceremonies in a row. And I I found it to be disappointing. I thought it was. I thought it was. Well, you've done a lot of DMT. Yeah, yeah. You've driven a Tesla, thing. and now you're going back to a horse. Yeah, yeah. So, I, well, I don't know. You tell me. I what, mean, that's what, what it, that's exactly what it felt like. And then a, a lot of the people that were there were kind of setting off a lot of like my bullshit detectors. They were kind of like ah, wearing dude. a lot of. I mean, I try to be a very open-minded person, and. My my girlfriend's a hippie. Most of my good friends are like pretty new agey, but this was like taken to such an extreme that isn't it I was fun? Like, I like finding my own borders because yeah. I was just talking to somebody, David Nickturn, David Nickturn, who did this podcast, who I love very dearly, and he was like, when I go to Maui for the Ramdas retreat, this is nothing against uh, that group, but I don't go like a hundred percent home. Yeah, yeah. I go like. All right, I like these people. I like these people. I like these, people. but then there are other people where you're like, it's a little too much turquoise jewelry. Like that might yeah, be my yeah, bias. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I'm missing out on a wonderful person, but I don't like the way you talk, and I don't like your shoes. I, I get, know. get away from me. No offense. Yeah, whatever yeah. Whatever it might be, I'm not thinking of a specific. Person. This this was there was a lot of people there in like white moo-moos. It was, yeah. and I watched The Leftovers on HBO. I don't know if you've seen that no. show. Uh, oh, fantastic! Really? Show. It's it's probably in my top three. Um, Is it about the source? It's um it's one one day um one day I, I forget what it is like two percent of the world's population just disappears and then uh, skip to two years later they don't talk about what happened or like they don't explain what happened and it's just all these people trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And so there's all these cults popping up and stuff everywhere. Oh wow! And and one of the cults is is like these uh, these smoke people in white that just smoke nonstop all the time to remind people that this is all a lie. Like uh, we're like just left behind and life doesn't matter and and we're all we're all dead anyway. Isn't that funny? And uh, and so impermanent. Yeah. So I already had this kind of impression of of that and that and there's like this girl with like a fucking magic wand there and stuff and i was like oh god i don't know if like I literally a star like, at the end of a yeah 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 like a magic wand thing and that she needed for a trip or whatever and and i and then <laughs> and i was just like oh my god and then and then the shaman who's who seemed like a really bright dude he gets up and they start doing the ceremony and you know i just have i just have an aversion to traditional things and like i i just had i didn't like my religious upbringing and so some of the stuff is just a bit much for me and he starts like blowing around the incense and stuff and i go okay all right and then he like goes around and you're sitting down and then he like you 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 put your head down and then he blows incest in the crown of your head i'm trying my fucking damnedest to be open-minded like i set intentions and did everything and my intentions did come true by the way that is the one fulfilling part of the, uh, the point but um i'm like god now this guy's just blowing on my head and shit like, like you know, i'm yeah, like yeah. not having an easy time with this and then i gotta go up 
and he's like sitting in a chair pouring the ayahuasca and I got to go and I got to kneel before him. I'm like, why am I kneeling? If I, if I were a shaman, I'd be kneeling to the people that were brave enough to do it. Like I yeah. wouldn't, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, all, all these people are sitting around bragging about their ego death. Like they saw themselves die. Now they don't have an ego anymore, but they're bragging about it. Like ah. if you don't have a fucking ego, why are you bragging about your, I'm pretty sure your ego is alive and well. Yeah. Fucking bragging I'm, I'm talking to it right now. Yeah. Who had the best fucking ego? <laughs> and so um i i take it and um and, and i'm there with my friend zach and i don't want to make him like you know i, I i'm in it i want to do the thing i'm i'm super excited and and you know at this point i'd done dmt 60 times and i start feeling like a little bit of a mushroom trip and then i start feeling like uh, it's just not coming in and then everyone's just throwing up around me everyone and i'm like well i'm pretty good at meditating but i'm not this good that i can just handle like people just like like puking for and like fraternity farts and What's a fraternity puking fart? just like a real loud aggressive fart that was just like out of their control just like <laughs> diarrhea farts and puking and i'm just like can i just like I wanted to ask to go outside. Like it was just, it was just too much for me. Yeah. And I have a real aversion to that kind of stuff. And I'm starting to see moment, you're, some you're visuals. Very and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, against new age types. <laughs> and and I and I'm I'm sitting there, and then and the guy's like, oh, it's like the sound the the noises and like the songs like and and i'm like seeing this stuff in my mind i've seen like some similar stuff on dmt but it's very faint i'm like oh i see what he's doing because i listen to spongle which makes music for dmt yeah and he's just like you just you just trick the brain and you just play these sounds that make no sense in this con you set up a context and then you break the expectation just like we do with jokes many times and then and the brain loves that stuff and just lights up and it's really salient and then it creates all these images and um very mild and and i told him ahead of time too i was like i do dmt all the time so you just gotta like load me up just i'm not i'm ready i want to go all the way just give me more than you're giving everybody else and and he gave me what I thought was a conservative amount. And I went up and got more. Still, fucking, uh, it was fine. It was you fun. went up and got more? Yeah. You can do that? Yeah, yeah. Free refills? Of yeah, the free, free refills. And then, <laughs> <laughs> free refills. It's $300 for a cup. What's Zach doing? Having a, a gay uh, old he, time? Yeah, he's having a gay old time. And, and I'm... I'm like writing all this material in my head and it was great. And I, I had asked for to understand why I don't have more confidence and I, I'm so insecure. And, and, and it was the most confident I've ever felt in my life. Unfortunately, I was like, these guys are a bunch of fucking buffoons. That's right, like what right, my confidence right. was coming right. yeah, out as. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I did a, another trip the next day. Same sort of thing. So I came up with some ideas about what I. So think you is never happening. like really tripped. You just kind of like. I did. Lightly... It was very mild, and it just was not what I was. I, I was hoping for. And the next day, I did even more. What was and more Zach? And... Zach was like, it was a channel change. It, it, I went to another place. Yep. And um and and so I have some a few ideas of I think uh, I think what people are seeing one when. So you know when you eat mushrooms, your belly gets all upset, and yep. then you get nervous and and anxious, and and uh, that's that's just part of that's not the trip. That's part of that's a that's just a physiological reaction to your body thinking that it's poisoned, mm. and sometimes you carry that in 
to the trip with you. Um, but the ayahuasca does the same sort of thing where you're, I think that it tricks the brain into being like, oh no, we're dying right now. And that's why people have these simulations of seeing themselves dying. We can all close our eyes and imagine like who would be at our funeral and that sort of thing. And that's in our head. And so I think that's coming out. I also think some of the things where people are like, oh, I, I real, first off when people are like, oh, I went down to Peru and I realized, uh, you know, I saw three aliens and I realized I need to do yoga. I what? <laughs> Tell me more about the aliens. Like yoga was the most interesting <laughs> takeaway from that. Like yeah. you're the shittiest storyteller I've ever heard. And and I think what's happening is your body's tricked into thinking that it's dying. And I and like when I broke my feet, when you get yourself in a situation like that, and the light you flashes don't before your eyes. Yeah, you 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 start pleading and doing this groveling. Please, life, if you just let me get through this, I swear I'll be the bestest boy ever, and I'll take care of this and that, and I'll change this in my life, and I'll I'll follow a very strict dietary. I've heard people be like, and I'll get I'll reconcile with my father. Yeah, and, stuff like that. and I think that's what's happening in the non-conscious, but then it's being consciously justified as these hallucinations and messages. Um, from God, and and also when your when your stomach is as sick as you've ever been, the only thing you feel like is eating like fruits and vegetables anyway, and so then you justify it with this story oh, of like, and animal they, cruelty, and, and that's why I'm blah. a vegan now. Yeah, 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 and and then and so so I had that, and I'll close. I know we probably don't need to wrap up, so I'll. Uh, um, I would hallucinate about saltines. <laughs> God told me to eat more. <laughs> Plain crackers and Jimmy John sandwiches. <laughs> Maybe that's why they have wafers at church. <laughs> oh Boom. my god. <laughs> the bread. Oh, oh, no wine for you, red sheet. Boom. Double high five. That's the first. Uh, um, I love it. Um, I, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was so then I talked to Mike Kaplan who went down to Peru and he had his trip and he and he said on one of the nights he had ayahuasca and um and he was not like it didn't kick in and so he just went back to his place and then it kicked in after the fact and there wasn't a shaman around or anything and it was horrifying for him and he was like and I saw this it was like this weird Japanese game show and it was like bing bong bing bong bing bong bing I was like, ah, oh, I saw that. I saw that when I was when I got drunk. I saw that fucking hellish. Home. Yeah. And so then, and I had just gotten mushrooms, and I got offered a free float. And I was like, I'm gonna get in there, and I'm gonna try to figure out How what did that you time was. Time it out, by the way. Uh, I ate them about two hours ahead of time, so I was past the anxiety, past the nausea, was already tripping. Oh, and wow. then I went in for I think two hours or an hour and a half or something. It was this uh, great place in Louisville. I wish I could remember the name of it, but they're awesome. Um, and I. Um, uh, I, I went in and I started, and I didn't know what it would be like. I didn't know it was going to be like a full-on DMT trip, but it was. But it was slower and easy to control. And I started like l- looking around in like different parts of my brain, and I found that like Bing Bong place. It's like this scary, like uh, like there's weird clowns and stuff in there, and and it must be like these weird repressed memories from being a child, and yeah. like all the stuff that they shouldn't show you when you're like two years old or w- yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's horrifying. 
and um and then i i found like i found like these weird little like this weird little trickster so you found it but you looked at it you were like oh there that is yeah and i was able to pull myself back to and be like well i'll look over here and there's like this trickster spot that was like what if this is all a lie what if it's all a trick what if it's all, what if you're just in a movie right now and i was like oh, get away from that guy <laughs> 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 And then, and then there was like, and then there was this pristine like palace that I could find that was this calm, wonderful place, and and looks like all this like Hindu stuff and all this religious stuff, and I realized it was like this safe place in the mind that you can go back to, and it feels like very warm and nurturing. And it has a sound attached to it because it was all this music was playing in my head, mm. um, and different music for different regions and stuff. And this was like wow, 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 and um, and I was, I was, and and there, so there was like this safe place that I could guide myself to, and I was like, that's what the shaman are doing. They're letting you explore a little bit with all these sounds that get you into these different regions, and then when you're freaking out, they get you back into like this safe place with in, the wow wow wow. But the sa- that place isn't everything. People are mistaking that as everything. There's all this other crazy, weird, interesting stuff. And like I want to get down with the madness sometimes. I want to explore all the crazy parts in my brain. Like what what makes that more valid than any of the other parts and i was thinking about how reminds me of our idea of god wanting to experience everything right and i was thinking about how um the safe place like maybe that's what yogis are getting to with meditation because a lot of these people that are really falling into this are like highly agreeable people that are probably like either really conscientious or or have been fuck-ups their whole life and are trying to be conscientious now and are like a little bit kind of mama boy ish and and just uh, like because that sound wah, 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 like this is a very nice and easy sound that anyone can sing along to and it just sounds very nice and nurturing um, <laughs> and and this is like the safe place that people are getting themselves into and yogis are are going literally into a cave that's how scared you are of life you're going into a cave to concentrate on this safe place inside of your head and then come out years later trying to tell me how to live my life even though I've never even even though you never lived your own and <laughs> and I I think that's what people are mistaking for when when they're when they're seeing um, God and whatnot, and I was thinking about that sound, wow, 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 and and I was in the float tank, and I was like, oh, that's what it sounds like when you hear sound when you're underwater, right? And that's exactly what it would have sounded like in the fetal environment. You're surrounded yeah. in fluid. Yeah, that's what it would have sounded like. Yeah. And when you think that you're dying, your brain's going back in time as far as it can, going like. Do we have anything for this? Do we let's open up all the drawers? Have we seen this in a MacGyver show to like get us out of the situation as far back as it can? And I think he goes all the way back. And I think there's memories of being in the prenatal environment that are very warm and soothing because uh, you're yeah. in your mother that you you 
retreat back to. So little do we know your mom is driving poorly. On the freeway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was safe feeling to us. Yeah, and so that was sort of a take that I had on it, and that made me get right with some of my hot tub experience and whatnot. And then I, in what way? And then, and I, I was like, I think maybe I was just, I had just tricked myself and all of that. But then, and so then I hadn't smoked DMT for like three months. And then I smoked it like two nights ago. I, I got, well, I've, I've been doing it, I did it a couple times in, in the last week. But I, I took, so I have these vape pens hmm. and I decided to take two of them at once and just like go back and forth and just smoke as much as I've never smoked so much DMT. Oh, DMT, okay. And I almost like, I, I almost was like having a fucking seizure. It was so powerful. And I just saw. And then it was like I saw fucking everything, and it was like I became it. It was like it shot through my head, and like I, I wear mindfolds. You saw me do it, yeah. And I'm just like sitting there, calm, meditating. Yeah, I was like freaking out. I had to rip the mindfolds off, and there was like, I had these friends, and so sometimes it'll. I remembered in the hot tub, there's this one spot, and I was looking up to my left, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, look over here, look over here, and there's just this weird world and this weird shape. It was really distinct. I can't even describe it or drop it. It's just very distinct. And then when I took my mindfolds off, um, I looked, and the whole world was exactly the same. It was like it was still coming through the mindfolds when I was in there, and it was just like laid out like every corner of the room was the world that I was seeing, but there was these worlds in like all of the different corners. And I looked up at that corner... Of, of the room that I was in a couple of days ago, and it was because you were trying to come back same, to reality. I was coming trying to come back to well, reality, you didn't. and and it was the exact same shape that it showed me in the fucking hot tub, like to show me like look over here, look over here to remind me, and because it knew I would look up there again and see that it fit perfectly with the room and like it knew I was going to be smoking room uh, DMT in that room at that time. And so it showed so me like hot, a shape you, that I would you had remember. a hot tub premonition. Yeah, yeah. In the hot tub, you saw a yeah. shape that's in the room that later you smoked DMT. Yeah, in. yeah. Because it was like, you'll see that later. Distinct. And we'll remind him of the yeah, hot tub. Yeah, it was so here. weird at the time because it's like, hey, look over here, look over here. I'm like, why am I looking at this? And, uh, wow. And, and so now I don't know what to fucking think. I have no idea. I, I, I have a book in my car. So, so I had dinner with David Nickturn. And he's amazing, as I said. And he wrote this book called Awakening from the Daydream. Mm. And it's about the six realms of reality. Because it is the – this is why Ram Dass went to India. It's the Buddhists and it's the Hindus and all these guys that seem to have maps for psychedelic experiences. And I wonder – this is a question. This is not me going like, so I know what it was. I don't know what the heck is going on here. But when you talk about being in the hot tub and seeing the different areas, you have the – it was like I became them, and like they were me and everything for all at sure. the same time. Like at one point, it was like, "Here, you be God," and then like I was it for a second, and, and like I just the other night when I did it, and <laughs> I like became God for like a split second. I was like, "Oh!" That's when I ripped the things off, and I just like started crying. There was mm. two people there; it's never happened before. I just started crying. Mm. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Mm. Um, well, one of the realms is called the God realm. <laughs> Yeah. And one of them is called the Hell Realm, which sounds like the ping, ping, pongy, ping. Yeah. And the then <laughs> one of them is called Hungry Ghosts, which is the – you just want more and more and more and more and more. Uh, but you never get full. So Yeah, yeah. And then there's the Jealous God Realm, which they're doing really good, but they're always 
looking at what other people have and comparing it. So, you know, they're doing well, but they want to make sure they have a better car than you. Maybe that's a purple lady. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, and then there's the animal realm, which I already referenced in this podcast, and then there's the human realm. Mm. So it would be interesting for you to read that book. I wonder what that book would mean to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'll read it. I mean, I don't know what to think about any of this stuff. I mean, half of it it might sound crazy to listeners. You have no idea how crazy it seems to when me you're doing in it. my head. And, uh, and when you're doing it, and me just talking about it, right? I never thought I'd be talking like this. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's amazing. It's wild, man. I love it. I could yeah. talk about this forever. Yeah, me too. Let me see. What did I write down? I can tell that Grand answer story if you want. That's ah, okay. My butt's sore. Six uh, um, realms. No <laughs> I, I don't want you to feel like no, no. I want to get out of here no, now. But no. I'm like, oh, we don't been, need to been, do that. We yeah, can do that yeah, next we, time. We, we had a fucking awesome one. We missed uh, why gods are... I have penises and vaginas often. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about that some other time. Hmm. I think maybe just us projecting, or maybe who who knows if if uh, I just had a guy on my program who who works with Watson at IBM, the thing that beat Jeopardy. Oh yeah, and I was asking him about that. I was like, well, because reproduction is for viruses, um, and will will artificial intelligence eventually start like finding its own reproduction so it can as a way of getting around these viruses and i don't really even remember what he oh, said oh wow but interesting um, question but, may, may, but maybe that's maybe that's why it'll God, have to start, gods have male and female it'll but yes and then it'll start reproducing to protect itself from computer viruses from or from like little things that it made that's right you know, that, that, that gain power to spur <laughs> itself forward yeah this one was an acid trip yeah yeah everyone this is, this listening now knows what it's like to take psychedelics yeah you're welcome um, and it was and it was safe and it was fun thank um, you so much yeah so let's do all the plugs the name it, of the show uh it's a good trip i'm doing a 65 city tour the um, name of the show is a good trip yeah um not it's a good trip yeah how dare you uh it's uh and and um i'm i'm starting in arizona going straight through the south to the east coast up the east coast then straight uh, straight north through like Portland, then through San Francisco, and then looping back through all of the Midwest and getting home for the holidays to Wisconsin, and then doing some work around there in Michigan in January. So I say 65, it's probably going to be more than 65. So if you live in the United States, um, you'll be near them. You'll be near them. Check, check your schedule. It's the best show I've ever put together. It's usually just a solo show. I do an hour and a half. Sometimes I have someone do 10 minutes opening for me. Um, sometimes I do it on my own. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to see it. Excuse me. Burping. And my podcast is Here We Are. I interview a different scientist each week. About, That's funny because uh, I was just like I was saying to Katie, as she'll say, I was like, how do you find podcasts? And she was like, from doing other podcasts. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I'm going to subscribe. I'm doing it on the air so I don't forget. Uh, not to prove to you that I'm going to do Oh, that. and my my um, my tour, uh, and I just had some people on this episode of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Here we are which now. Is one of the big, uh, no. Well, that's it has your competitor. my face on it. That's your competitor. Um, Here we are now as your big competitor. It, you'll see like my cartoon face. Yeah, I, see I, mean. I see you. I see you. And so, so MAPS, the Multidisciplinary of Psychedelic yeah. Studies, which is the, yeah, that's, I just did an episode with them. They're actually the, um, the official sponsor of my tour. Yeah, great. Um, and, and they're going, they're trying to get MDMA, um, 
uh, legalized for clinical use for people with PTSD, and they're in phase That's three. They're very acronyms. close to that. Uh, <laughs> if you already have really PTSD, is. you don't need MDMA. Yeah, yeah. You need something that's simple to pronounce. <laughs> you need some saltine. <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm just teasing. Um, I'm, I'm just teasing. You don't really need saltines. You need saltines. Yeah, I love them when I'm sick. Um, I kind of like being sick as an excuse to drink ginger ale, Gatorade, and saltines. <laughs> that's really? Hey, man. Why not just have that every day? You don't want it as much. <laughs> When you're sick, you're like, crackers, man. Why don't we eat these? All? It's like when you, like Gaffigan's old bed. When you go to a restaurant and there's bread on the table, you're like, fucking bread. You can't go home and just eat bread. Yeah, yeah. You got to be sick for crackers <laughs> and you got to be in a restaurant for bread. Um, can, can um, before we go, can we just one more? Because I have, I have so many people. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick a. So, so many people come to shows um, and yelling food. Foot juice oh, at yeah. me. So if we could just get one more foot oh, juice, yeah. Just oh, we'll do a foot juice into. Then you say keep it crispy. All right, ready. This has been foot juice. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Always yeah. one of my favorites. Now leaving nerdist.com. 